this week on the Swear Wolves. <clears throat> oh, sorry about that. Uh, this week on the Swear Wolves, we're going to talk about the movies Get Out and Us. Welcome to the Swear Wolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Gentlemen. What? It's another week. <laughs> sure. And we're still arguing. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Ah, oh, Quite the hangover from last week. <laughs> uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode, <sighs> in our last episode... There was some dissent. Uh, we talked about uh, two movies that uh, were absolute, absolutely rubbish and uh alan loved them and alan's still giving me shit about them to this day so um but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about two are, are says we? the guy who brings it up <laughs> I was say, are we are we moving on says the guy who brings it up <laughs> oh we're moving on i guess yeah we're moving on we're moving, I'm moving on. on with my life mm-hmm. i'm getting over it okay Lisa. i don't want to hear another word it is uh, very rare in Hollywood, yeah, in filmmaking that we have a breakthrough. M- masters, no, I'm I'm gonna say masters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you have Alfred Hitchcock, right? Is yep. a master. Uh, I would say Rod Serling was a master storyteller. Yep. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, you have Steven Spielberg, S- Stephen is, is King, Carpenter, Stephen King, Stephen John King Carpenter. Plays, yeah. John Carpenter yeah. is a master. Uh, Wes Craven. I yep. don't want to put the cart before the horse, ah. but we're I, well on our way. But I'm going to say that Jordan Peele is well on his way yeah. to becoming a modern day master. Oh, yep. Um, I after it, only two films. That that's the thing is that it, that I don't want to put the cart before the horse. But a so lot you're of, not sure. Well, a lot of times it's a hell of a start. It's a hell of a start. If you're going to start, start like this. Start strong. Uh, you haven't yeah. seen a. I haven't seen a start like this since Tarantino. Tarantino's first two films, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, are arguably his best two films. Pretty mm. good one-two punch. And I'm not saying they are, yeah. but yeah. like David said, that's a pretty good one-two punch. It's a punch. one-two punch. If you're going to come out swinging, those are the two you're coming out swinging with. What it's were a they? tasty burger. What were, yeah, they, sure. yeah. what were they three years apart, right? Uh, I think Reservoir Dogs like 92 one. and 94, I think. For yeah, 95. 95, so, 95, 95 for Pulp No, 94. No, you're right. You're okay. right. It's 94. And so so two pretty, years. They're pretty damn close. Two yeah. to three years apart. Yeah. yeah. And so we got Get Out in 2017 that we're going to talk about. And then we got Us, which uh-huh. is 2019. We also got to mention that Jordan Peele is now uh, doing The Twilight Zone. You which know, is on CBS All Access, so yeah, I don't know how many people are watching it. I've only seen one episode, and that was the free one. Because I think that's, yeah. I think that's the one I saw too. <laughs> if it's uh, Jordan, it was good. Yeah, yeah if it was it's good. Jordan Peele, I'd love to check it out. 
Jordan Peele's been around a while. And, yeah, and so, a lot of people don't know that. He's been around. I remember watching him back in high school on Mad TV. Yeah. He goes back. Yeah, and and uh, obviously he also had his own show mm-hmm. on Comedy Central, Key, uh, and Key and Peele. And there's a yeah. lot of horror stuff that was in Key and Peele. Yeah. Like, so now looking back, like it seemed obvious like this was a horror guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Even at the time, it didn't feel that way. Yeah. But like, yeah, you can totally see it. And, and shout out to uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Oh, yeah. He is hilarious. He yeah. really is. Yeah, and they're, they're a great duo. Yeah, they yeah. are. Um, but, unfortunately, we're not talking about him. We're talking about Jordan Peele. <laughs> talking about Peele. <laughs> so, Jordan? fuck Key. Um, hey, Key's good, man. Yeah. No, he's fine. He's fine. Oh. Um, but he's our that, next great horror filmmaker, Brett. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I, I doubt it. I doubt it because I think, no, I think Jordan Peele was the horror influence. Yeah. He I don't was think. in the new Predator movie. Uh, he was. He actually was one of the better parts of the new Predator movie. Have you seen it? I have not. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not. But I know he's in it. Yeah, he's in it. He and was I've heard, one of the and better I've heard parts. he's good. Yeah, he was good. He's a funny dude. But he's funny. Yeah, he is. So, yeah. So, let's talk about Get Out. Uh, like I said, 2017, written and directed by Jordan Peele, stars Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Catherine, uh, Catherine, Catherine Keener. Keener. Bradley Whitford. Great actors. Great actors. Caleb Landry Jones, Stephen Root, and Lil Rel Howry. We'll kind of go through this movie beat by beat, and you guys interrupt me when you want to talk about something. <laughs> uh, it opens with an African-American man walking down the sidewalk of a suburban neighborhood. Uh, a car pulls up. He's on his phone talking to a girl. We don't yeah. know who. Yep. Yeah. A friend. Uh, and, acquaintance. Yeah. Acquaintance. And he's saying, like, uh, the directions got him lost, lost the wrong yeah. way, but he's... Gonna turn down this other way. Yep, car drive by, uh, drives by, and flips a bitch. Yep, and uh, then he goes, he heads the other direction because he's like, I've seen yep, enough movies. No, thank so I'm, you. Yeah, I'm out of here. He looks back at the car, and the driver's side door is open, and the driver is no longer inside. And then someone sneaks up behind him, chokes him out, and drags yeah, and the guy's him wearing out. like a mask. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's our like a helmet. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing like a knight's helmet. Yep. Yeah, and he drags him off, and the and the the music that's playing is run rabbit run. Yep. Um, uh, which is like an old timey song. Yeah. But it reminded me of house of a thousand corpses. Run, uh, run, run rabbit, run, run. <laughs> run rabbit. <laughs> and then it cuts to a uh, childish Gambino. Like yeah. switching right. Uh, Stay woke to music. Yeah. We get a little red bone, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's a great track. Red I bone? like, th- I like that song. Childish Gambino is great. He is, and he was a great Lando Calrissian. He was. I don't care and what anybody the, says. This is America him. video is one of the oh. best music videos I've ever seen. Amazing. Uh, this is America is good. Uh, there's another one, and I don't know what song it is. But it's the one where he's walking through the diner. Was that the Redbone video? I don't know if I ever saw the Redbone video. But anyway, there's one where he's walking through a diner, yeah, and it's like doing it over and over again, and it's... Anyway, look up Childish Talented Gambino. Talented dude. The, I mean, I liked that guy when he was on Community. And yeah. I remember like when I heard he was a musician, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I know a lot of actors want to be musicians. And I heard his music going, oh, wow. Yeah, he's actually talented. He's actually extremely talented. <laughs> yeah, This is America is awesome. Yep. Um, so we now meet our main characters. And uh, we got Chris and Rose. Yeah. And Chris is African-American and Rose is Caucasian. Yeah. And we find out uh, that they're dating and they're going to visit Rose's family or first introduction, yep, if you will, never met. Uh, for the weekend. Yeah. And he's a little reluctant because uh, obviously they're a mixed race couple. And, uh, you know, he's he's a little bit uh, reluctant. To well, you can tell them. Chris has been down this path before. Yeah. Like, Something I will say, too, is like in the casting choice is like uh, Chris uh, played by uh, Daniel Kaluuya. 
Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. But he's very dark. Yeah. So that that is a, a choice made, right? Like they're going to choose someone who's actually darker skin complexion wise because they want to present that. That contrast. That contrast. The contrast. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you have Allison Williams who's extremely white. Yep. Very right? pale skinned. And yep. so it's like if you had someone who was tan and someone who was a light skinned African American, then it might not look quote unquote at as odd yeah uh, sure. not that it's odd but i'm just saying like the contrast is there so it's yeah. it's well it's well noted yeah and i i think that's important too yeah. um yeah and he's concerned he even says like hey yeah do your parents know i'm black and <laughs> yeah. she's like no should they yeah yeah yeah, she seems to be really cool about everything. Like yeah, she, she kind of reassures him. Like, hey, my parents she are says, super progressive. My dad would have bo- voted for Obama yeah. a third term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they live in uh, they live in upstate New York. Yeah, uh, the father is uh, well, Dean. He's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. So let me let, let's kind of backtrack a little bit because on the car ride to visit the family, um, we're also introduced to Chris's friend Rod, <laughs> um, who's played by a little rail. Yep, and. Um, they're talking on the phone and Rod is a very kind of comic relief Rod's character. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He is, he gets to be even funnier throughout the film, yep. but um, on the phone, he, he's like talking shit. Cause Rod's going to take care of Chris's dog while, while they're away. Exactly. And so he's, he's a funny guy. He talks a lot of shit to Chris. Um, but anyway, Rose is driving the car and she hits a deer mm-hmm. and Chris gets out and uh, he basically, puts the deer out of its misery. Well, right? he he, he kind of hears and he sees, he hears like a noise and he goes to investigate and he sees that the deer is in pain and it's yeah. dying. Uh, he doesn't really, I don't think he does he anything. He doesn't do anything no. to it. Yeah. He just kind of watches and like, you can tell like something is tormenting oh, him. Oh, see, yeah. I, I guess I, I guess I got the... Yeah. No, I don't think he does anything. He doesn't do anything point, to it. Okay. No. Uh, but they call the police anyway to let them know that this yeah. has been... To what happened. To what happened. And there's kind of this tense moment between Rose and the police officer. Because whereas Chris might be used to getting asked for his ID and everything, Rose isn't used to that. And she says, what do you need his ID for? Yeah, I was the one driving. And he's like, well, it's just routine. She's like, no, don't give him your ID. And she says, she she tells him that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, she defends Chris. And Chris is kind of kind of turned on. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah he admires hot. it. He, yeah, he's yeah. like, that yeah. was hot. Yeah. yeah. Because how often does that happen? Yeah, and like happen. I said, he's used to it. Yeah. Yep. He's used to getting pulled over by the cops yeah. and having to show his ID or just questioned when he shouldn't be questioned. And she's not used to that. So, yeah. Um, so she feels, like I said, she feels as if the cop is trying to harass him just because he's a black guy. Yep. Anyway, they get past all that. The cop says, have a good day. And they get to Rose's family and the dad, who's played by uh, played by Bradley Whitford, mm-hmm. who I didn't realize was Bradley Whitford when I first saw this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I was like, oh, that's happy. Or that's Billy Madison. <laughs> Billy Madison's like, fucking nemesis. nemesis. And, uh, we it's, a guy, about it. it's a guy from Cabin, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He's a great actor. Yeah, he is really good. Uh, but he yeah. starts sh- he starts uh, showing Chris around his house, and he's like pretty overly not racist, right? Yeah, he like, seems to be laying it on a little <laughs> thing. Yeah. Like, hey, I want you to know, I'm not, I'm totally not racist, buddy. He says, I would have voted for Obama for a third term. He says all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He talks about how his father was a 
his claim to fame was that he lost to Jesse Owens. Yeah, his dad was yeah. a sprinter. In yeah. the Olympic trials. Yeah. And it was the Olympics that Jesse Owens went yeah. to in Germany. In Germany and got to kind of give a middle finger to Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and also Christopher notices, uh, or Chris notices that there are two servants, a maid and a groundskeeper who are both uh, black. Yep, yeah. and the and the dad even makes mention of that. He's like, "Hey, like I know what you're thinking, white guy, yeah. black servants." He's like, "But these people took care of my parents when they were elderly, and yeah. I just couldn't, bear I just couldn't bear go. to let them go." So yeah. it seems, yeah, it seems to be like uh, a comfortable setting. Chris plays it cool among um, these characters. You have Missy, who is yeah. the wife, and she's a hypnotherapist, and she's kind of the more. Uh, level-headed compared to the husband. The husband is trying to make a overly good impression, and Missy is more of the level-headed. Yeah, he's kid. trying to male bond with him a little yeah. bit, and, and uh, Missy's like, "Don't pay attention." And he's laid on thick. He's like, uh, "My man, hey, yeah. my man," like a yeah. lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and even the mom, Rose's mom, is a little rude to the maid. Yeah. Like when she like she's pouring him some more uh, water. Yeah. yeah, she spills, and she spills a little, and she's like, "Why don't you go take, a, go nap? take a nap?" Yeah, and it was like, hmm. Yeah. Um, so Chris seems a little uh, put off or a little um, finds yeah, a little str- finds a little strange. And Chris is like they're sitting there. Chris is a little jumpy. Like he seems a little fidgety. And like the dad picks up. He's like, "Chris, you a smoker?" Yeah. And he's like, ah, "Yeah." Yeah. And he's like, and, "Well, you know." Yeah, and we, he explains could, that the mom can do hypnosis. We yeah. can take care of that for you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but Chris declines. Uh, right about then is when the brother shows up. Jeremy. Jeremy fucking weirdo <laughs> <laughs> and he's a, i wrote i wrote the brother jeremy is a douchebag and we can kind of tell this right off the bat he is uh confrontational yeah with chris and at one point he starts talking about mma yeah and he even almost gets into a simulated fight with chris yeah he yeah. kind of asks him like Before, hey. yeah he asked him if he ever got into street fights as a kid yeah he's like with your your physique and your gifts you yeah. probably yeah, make a good fighter yeah. did you guys pick up a brad pitt vibe off this guy yeah, a little bit. He reminded me a lot of Brad Pitt around like 12 Monkeys. Mm. Yeah. Like just kind of the way he talks, kind of uh, yeah. very fidgety and kind of like this, his delivery yeah. of some of the lines like was very, yeah. was very yeah. Brad Pitt. He reminded this, me a lot of a fucking douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's a douche. This was a very tense scene because you could see an underlying conflict between the two characters and what they, Jordan Peele did an excellent job with using um, mixed martial arts disciplines uh, with a comparison between jujitsu and judo. Mm-hmm. And the brother tried to make uh, jujitsu uh, appear to be the more superior discipline to judo. So there was a very uh, subliminal uh, dialogue in this well, scene. Yeah, and I think one thing that he says that's uh, maybe not so subliminal, but you're absolutely right about that, uh, Alan. But one thing he says is uh, the brother Jeremy says about jujitsu is that it's all mental. Yeah, he says it's like chess; you got to be three, four moves ahead at all times. Yeah, and I think yeah, that comes into play. He says strength on. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, and that going comes back in- to my bread pit thing, even it's like it's all, uh, and he kind of taps his head. <laughs> yeah. But it, that comes into play later, so let's just remember that he said sure. that. Oh yeah, that's that's a it's mm-hmm. definitely something to remember going forward. So in their bedroom later on, Rose and Chris are talking, and she's apologizing for her family and for apologizing for her dad yeah. to be. Uh, Chris is like, I yeah. told you. Yeah, so. he's, he's like, trying too hard to be down you. with him. Uh, her mom's 
rude to the maid and her brother being confrontational. And Chris says, yeah. listen, I knew this was going to happen. This is how it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, Chris is pretty relaxed. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, no, I've, and then I've been down says, this road. Yeah. And then he says, let me give you this. <laughs> 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 it's this It's this point in the movie where I find the girlfriend to be kind of dumb. Uh, I find it her to be kind of irritating in the fact that she doesn't understand. Did you ever watch the show? What he's trying to say. Did you ever watch the show Girls? No. No. With Adam Driver? Yeah. Oh, she's in it. She, Allison Williams. This actress is in it. She's, she's the daughter of, um, that fucking newscaster. Yeah. Brent, Brent Williams. Um, what's his name? Oh, Brian Williams. Brian Williams. Brian Williams. I was there a guy. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't there. I was there. (laughs) And I was there. Uh, no, you weren't. Uh, maybe I wasn't. Um, (laughs) but that's her dad. Mm -hmm. And anyway, she's a good actress. She was in the show girls and she was annoying in that movie. And so when she's in this, I see her as that fucking character of Marnie. I I found watching this film, the lack of understanding from from her character. About her boyfriend. To be frustrating. I was frustrated. So she was very quick to attack people for what she perceived as racist tendencies, but yet she wasn't sympathetic or empathetic with her boyfriend. Yeah. Um. So, but little did she was. We know. I thought she was though, because she like was like, "Can you believe my dad? Like, what was with all the my yeah. man kind of stuff?" Yeah. But it was like, why bring it up? Right. Yeah. And from you from know? his from his perspective, uh, it was hard for her to understand. Understand. She was also trying too hard. I feel, David. Yeah. Yeah. Because even the confrontation with the cops. Like, yes, that is something that happens. It was blatant, yeah. It but was. it was like, was the cop just doing his job or was he trying to be, you know, yeah. one of the... Was she a racist? That, and then on the flip side, yeah. like, was she overcompensating? Like, hey, I'm super cool. You yeah. can trust me. That's what I'm or saying. Or was she... Does she have some, like, uh, latent racism maybe yeah. below the surface? And I think that's one of the things that makes this movie interesting is, like, there's a lot of dichotomy where you're like... Yeah. Uh, what am I supposed what to What is think? racist and what isn't right. racist? Yeah. Is it racist to flat out I mean it is racist to flat out say I don't like these people because of the way they look yeah. and their and their color of their skin. But is that the but motive behind also, their actions? But is it also racist though to be like I'm going to be overly nice to these people Bec- because of the way they look? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that we can take away too, but we could talk about that yeah. when we when we get yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. to the reviews. Yeah. So so let's establish at this point Mm-hmm. Chris observes a little strange behavior from the housekeeper and yeah. the groundskeeper. Yeah, so he, he can't up, sleep. Right? Yeah, so yeah, he gets up in the middle of the night and he goes to have a smoke. Yeah, and he sees the groundskeeper running at him full speed through, well, the, through the lawn. Yep. And then right before he gets to Christopher, he takes a sharp right. Yeah. Yep. There was a scene that happened prior to this. He's wandering through the house, and there's a really cool scene. It's it's very subtle, but it had it had a good impact. Is he's going through the house and you see the maid walk by really quick, and it, yeah. it was it was a jump scare for me. Yeah, it was a good it was a good scene. Yeah, well, yeah. and then to getting back to the maid, so he's outside and he's yeah. he's just sees this guy like run at him and then take a sharp right and run off, yeah. and then he looks in and he sees the maid and she's looking out the window, but she's not looking out the window; she's looking at her reflection in the window. You know how sometimes. Yeah. Especially when it's night out, you can you can see, see your yourself. Reflection. You can yeah. see in through a window, but not necessarily out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and she has a strange look on her face. Yeah, so he yeah. goes back inside, and Rose's mom is there sitting in her office, yeah, and she kind of yeah. that kind of startles me. Right, yeah, she there. kind of invites him to have a seat. Yeah, and she says, "Sit down and talk to me for a little while." And she explains hypnosis to him. Yeah, 
And and at first, her character has a very comforting, motherly aura to very her. Very relaxed. Very, very calm. relaxed. And she just wants to have a dialogue. Yep. And she came across as the more level-headed of the two, the, the husband Parents, and the yeah. wife. Yeah. Well, and then she starts talking to him, and she starts asking him some questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while, he's reluctant. Yeah, and while she's asking these questions and talking, she's kind of stirring her tea with her spoon. Yeah. And it's making a scraping noise yep. yeah. in her teacup. A very profound scraping noise. <laughs> and <laughs> as she's doing that, she's relaxing him, and she's asking him these questions, and he's answering them, and she's basically hypnotizing him. And, and she takes yeah. him back and, to yeah. when his mom died. Yeah. yeah, yeah. she says, tell me about the night your mom died. And his yeah. mom died in a hit-and-run accident in which the person obviously hit his mother yeah. and left the scene of the crime and left his yeah. mom to die, which brings us back to the deer in the yep. opening scenes. Yeah. And at the time that it happened, Chris was home, and he was just watching TV, and he knew that his mom should have been home by that time, but he... He, he was kind of in denial that anything was wrong and he didn't yeah. call the police. He didn't and, do anything. Yeah. And he kind of blames himself as we right. find out uh, for his mom's right. death. Cause like, had I done something, she probably would have lived. Yeah. And then, uh, Catherine Keener, the mom says, uh, sink into the floor. And he's like, what? And she goes, sink. And then he does. Yeah. And he falls into the floor, but it's in his mind. And she tells him he's in the sunken place. And what we get as a view from the audience is we get his point of view, as he sinks in, he kind of falls into blackness, which is all blackness except for like a pinhole almost, which yeah. sees her off in the distance. But in reality, obviously, he's sitting in a chair and he's looking at her. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of an out of body experience. Very kind of much thing. so. Yeah. And there's something to the sunken place, and, and we'll touch up on that. Yeah. And so she closes. She goes. Uh, she says some words to him, and then she closes his eyes. Yeah. And as soon as his eyes shut, he wakes up and he's in bed and it's the next morning. And uh, Rose is in the shower in the bathroom taking a shower and he's like, what the fuck? And he kind of thinks it was a weird dream or whatever. He goes outside. He's taking some photographs and he has an encounter with the groundskeeper. And Walter. And Walter explains to him, he's like, I'm sorry for scaring you. Yeah. When I was doing my training. And he gets a weird vibe from Walter, like maybe Walter has a crush on Rose. Yeah, she's very lovely, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. And then uh, he asks, um, he asks Chris, like, "Hey, so you went and talked to uh, Missy? Did it work?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "What? He's like, did it work?" So they're like, "Oh, the, he's talking about the smoking hypnosis." Yeah. Yeah. They're and, using, and, and it did work. Yeah. Because Chris no longer feels the need to have a cigarette. Yeah. They use the theme of smoking uh, to do the hypnotism they they they're basically that's the pretense yeah that's the, the pretense yeah. Yeah. yeah so now we we also find out that and we found this out earlier actually I should have brought this up that there was going to be a party that weekend and it's this annual party that has been going on for years and rose seemingly forgot about the party happening and she's like oh this sucks because i thought it was just going to be a weekend with my parents but now all these people are coming over yeah yeah and chris is like whatever so they go to this party and rose introduces chris to all of the guests and they all treat him very strange to say the least yeah they're all nice but weird so like um, and it's kind of at the parents property so like you get like a guy who who, uh, he's talking about golf Mm -hmm. how he used to be a golfer and he he makes sure to name drop tiger woods like oh he's the greatest golfer of all time and and these are all wealthy caucasian yep Uh, a lot of them are older another one asks like about sex and like asks like rose like hey is it better is it true about black people yeah is it better 
And another man sees uh, says that white is out of fashion, and now it's fashionable to be black. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Chris separates from everybody, and he goes and he takes a moment to kind of go catch his own breath and take some pictures. Yeah. And he sees another uh, young black yep. man. Yeah. And so he goes up to him, and he's like, "Wow, it's nice to see someone else." Kind of like me up here. He's very yeah. odd. And he though. offers the guy, like, a, he puts his fist out to get, like, a fist bump. And the guy shakes his fist yeah. instead. Like, he grabs his fist and he's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And he's but like, when we see the man, uh, it's the man from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But he Ooh. looks different. He's got, like, a hat. He looks... Uh, he's dressed like an old like, white man. Like an old white guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's the guy from the beginning of the movie who got abducted. And uh, he speaks differently as well. And he's very, like, formal about his speak. And he's very, like... Not not young person speak. It's very yeah, he talks old. like an old guy. Yeah, and Chris interacts with him, but he notices that he has no sense of like black culture. Right, right. So, like you said, like a fist or or like it was just interesting. Yeah, and then he walks like they kind of walk away from each other, and then that guy goes over and he he sees some of the older white folks. He does like a little twirl for him, like yeah, oh. and they're all kind of like off. yeah, and they're all seem really happy. It's like what is going on here? Yeah, like he's a uh, accessory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Chris thinks that's weird, but he goes off again, and he meets a guy named Jim Hudson, who's yeah. played by Stephen Root. Yep. Who you might from know Office best Space. from Office Space yeah. as Milton. He's um, the stapler. Well, he's also on news radio. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, but he's uh, in dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim Hudson, he's a blind art dealer, which is odd. Uh, but and he acknowledges that too. He's like, "Yeah, I see the irony of that." Yeah. And but Chris knows who he is because he's a photographer, and this Jim Hudson knows of Chris because he's a fan of his art, uh, his ph- photography. Yeah, and he explains that his assistant describes to him the f- photographs in great detail, and that's how he knows. And, and that he wasn't always blind, so he had yeah. a good quote unquote eye for it before he lost his vision. Yeah. And before he lost his vision, yeah, yeah. he wanted to be a photographer. Yeah, but he never had. He, ne- he didn't have the, the ability. Eye. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Chris goes back to the house and he goes upstairs and it's kind of weird cause he passes through all the party goers. And as soon as he goes upstairs, everybody stops talking immediately. So Chris goes upstairs and his phone's unplugged and his phone's yeah. dead. So he plugs it back in and he calls his buddy Rod and Rod well, kind of gives him a funny speech about like, Oh, these people are like running a sex ring and like talking about Jeffrey Dahmer shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, well, and he tells Rose about it too, and he's like, "The maid unplugged my phone." Yeah, uh, but then Rod do does go off on a story about white people being in all sorts of kinky sex slave stuff, and Jeffrey Dahmer fucking detached heads, and fucking eating people's brains and yeah. fucking their heads and stuff. Yeah. And like, I don't remember exactly what he says. Well, he says he says something really funny. Effect, like, yeah, this guy, he was just gonna go over. Oh, I'm gonna suck a little dick. <laughs> little did he know. Yeah, he's gonna suck a little dick, but it's gonna be his detached head. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> so Rod, Rod is hilarious. Uh, Rod, so, Rod makes the most sense in this movie. Yeah, Rod, Chris yeah. hangs up on Rod, and then the yeah. maid comes into confront she Chris. apologizes for she's unplugging act, the phone yeah she's acting weird and she explains that she accidentally unplugged the phone and the maid starts to cry and laugh at the same time yeah um but it's she's really uncomfortable she explains that the family is nice and they are good to us yeah yeah yep um but back at the party chris goes back to the party and he's confronted by a group of party goer- goers and one of them asks is actually uh, like an asian american guy he asks if being an african-american um, ha- is an advantage or a disadvantage in this modern world. And uh, Chris doesn't really want to entertain this sort of questioning. Yeah. So kind of like as an F you to everyone, he deflects the question to the other black guy. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I don't know. What do you think about it? Uh, whatever his name was. It's a smart move. And um, 
that man starts talking about how he has noticed being African-American is advantageous. And as he talks, Chris is like, fuck this. I'm going to get a picture of him yeah. to share with So he Rod. kind of pulls his phone out on the yeah. sly and kind of... Now, have you guys ever done this in Just public where you try to take a picture on the slide? Fuck no, I'm no creep. I have. <laughs> and have you ever done it and the flash or no, the sound has been not, on? I have uh, not done that. Uh, but I have snuck some photos of yeah, like, I've, people I've, being obnoxious and starting to be like, hey. Uh, I've snapped some photos. You don't know who this yeah. is, but this person's an idiot. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he tries to snap a photo on the slide, but his uh, the flash s- is on. The flash is on. And it flashes and the black guy freezes. Yeah. And his nose begins to bleed. He supposedly has an epileptic seizure. Yeah, but seizure. he starts going up to Chris and he, he grabs, grabs him. him. He's like, get, get out. out. Yeah. He's like, get out, get out. And he lunges at him. Chris says, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. uh, hey, Jordan. Um, but anyway, he's pulled off by Rose's brother. And then, like Alan said, it's explained fairly quickly by the family uh, who are doctors yeah. that the dude had an epileptic uh, episode triggered yeah, by the flash. They play it down. They, they, you know, it's like, oh, it's no big deal. But meanwhile, Chris can't feel, it can't help but feel like Logan looks familiar. Like, yeah. I feel like I know this guy. Yeah. And Chris also doesn't buy it. And he explains to Rose that it wasn't a seizure. That's not a seizure. Because he has a cousin who is epileptic, and that's not what happens. Yeah. So he tells Rose that something is wrong, and he wants to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the party guests are playing some weird sort of bingo. fucking silent bingo game. Yeah. And as the scene moves on, it's revealed that it's not bingo at all. It's an auction. Mm-hmm. Or at least it appears that way. And there's a photo of Chris. And it's for up. Chris, yeah. And yeah. you got different people like yeah. holding up their little bingo cards. Yeah, and, and it, it's a silent auction. And yeah. The, literally. Yep, and the blind guy wins. appears to win said auction. Yeah, yeah, Jim Hudson wins. And I think it's this point in the movie where you start to realize, okay, something fucked yeah, up is what really the going, going on. on here. Because, you know, we got little hints of it leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while this silent auction is going on, you have Chris and Rose in the forest and they're talking. And Chris pours his heart out to Rose and he tells her that she's all he has. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have any parents. He doesn't have any family. And this is also where he tells like the story about how he has guilt about his mother and that he, had he done something, his mom wouldn't have died. Yep. Yeah. And she agrees with him yeah. and she goes, you know what? Let's go home. Let's get out yeah. of here. And I think it's at this point as well. The photo that Chris took makes its way to Rod and Rod recognizes he, him. Yeah. I was just going to get to that part. So they walk back to the house and the guests are leaving. And then Chris goes up to his room and he text messages a picture of the nosebleed dude to Rod who calls him immediately and tells him that the dude was named Andre. Yeah, and, Rod's and like, sex slave, <laughs> yep. sex slave. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Chris realizes it as well, and he's like, oh, yeah, fuck. He's with some old white chick, and Rod says, sex slaves. But the conversation <laughs> is cut short because Chris's phone doesn't have a full battery charge. Yeah. So Chris tells Rose, get your things. So she goes to go get her things. But this is where Chris notices that there's a little closet door open. Yeah, because Rose leaves the room and Chris is alone. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes over to the closet door and he sees there's this pink shoebox. And he opens it. And he sees a bunch of old photos of Rose. Now, these are photos of her as a child. Mm -hmm. And he starts flipping through them. As he flips through them, he kind of gets to more recent photos. And it's pictures of her with a lot of other black guys. Yep. And these are recent Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're presumably the old boyfriends. Yeah. But there's like 20 of them. Yeah. And he's flipping through them. And then he sees one of her with the groundskeeper. Yeah. And then he sees one of her with the maid. Yep. Like that was her girlfriend. Something's yep. going on. Like, uh... He freaks out and realizes that Rose is in on whatever is going on. Yeah. So he puts that all away and he closes the closet door and Rose is back in the room and she asks 
what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. Can you hand me the keys to the car? Yeah. And she's like, I can't oh, find I can't find him. Yeah. I wonder if that door was left open for him to discover it because that was a pretty dumb move. If yeah, you know, if yeah, yeah. And the other the other thing too is like what gave him the reason to just go. Oh, I'm just gonna go over to this room and look in. Like I know he's creeped out, but yeah. at that point it's like get the fuck out of there. Yep. Yeah. But uh, she can't find the keys, and Chris is still trying to play like things are cool, and he just says that they can go down. Uh, and get the keys like there might, is there a spare key or something i forget what he says there but yeah. they walk downstairs anyway they create an excuse where like his dog is sick or something mm-hmm. yeah and the family's rose's family's acting very weird and, and rose is also acting like panicked like what's going on and chris is panicked like everybody looks scared yeah like, and the brother is like got a lacrosse stick yeah and he's being very confrontational like the dad is like doing something weird he's acting weird like what value the mom's bring? holding her teacup hold on isn't lacrosse like a very white sport? Oh, I think it's Native American. No, but I mean like today. Oh, today? today. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not talking about... <laughs> it's, it's, it's no, I'm gym. talking about today. I'm Who's, talking about its origins. I'm oh, talk, it's very I'm much... I'm talking a, about today. Who's, that's, an, that's an East Coast... Uh, who's playing that's an East lacrosse? Coast, that's a yuppie thing. A lot of... Yeah. yeah. That's, that's symbolic. So the dad starts acting weird. The brother starts getting violent. He like swings the lacrosse stick at Chris. The mom is being weird. Um, Chris is like it's demanding like, yeah, for Rose... Rose. Give, give me, me the, the keys. keys, Rose. Give me the keys, Rose. Rose, give me the keys. She's like, I'm trying to find him. Yeah. I'm trying to find him. The scene gets more and more and tense. Like, Where are the keys, Rose? And yeah. then until Rose reveals that she has the keys in her hand okay. all along, and she wants. You know, I can't give you the keys. Right? Uh, yeah. She confirms. Well, we I, already knew about her. We already. Yeah, but it was that moment where we're like, oh, like, and then the, uh, yeah, and then she's her mom like, biatch. yeah, her mom's got the teacup and she taps it and she yeah. just says, sink. Well, yeah. wait, Chris makes a run for it. Yeah, the yeah, brother yeah. stops him and then the mom taps the teacup. Yeah, and then he falls and he sinks into the sunken place again. And we can still see what's going on from Chris's point of view in the sunken place, and we can still hear what the family is saying. And Rose is now all business. She ties her hair back in a ponytail, and she leans in and she tells Chris that uh, he was one of her, one of her favorites. favorites. Yeah. And the brother and dad carry Chris down to the basement. Mm. Yep. Meanwhile, Rod is worried about Chris. Uh, he calls him. There's no answer. Yep, can't get a hold of him. He looks up Andre on the internet and he finds out that Andre has been missing for six months. Yep. And he starts to think some weird shit's happening. So he goes to the police who laugh at him in his face. <laughs> uh, that's, a great, that's a really great scene. Like the chief or whatever, like pulls like other people and she's like, Oh, listen to this story. And mm-hmm. like, then the, he tells the story and like, they all just bust up laughing. He's like, don't say that. I never like share anything funny with you. Yeah. Meanwhile, we got to understand about Rod is he works for TSA. Yeah. yeah. And so he thinks he's like a detective. Yeah. Because he works for TS fucking a TSA. TS motherfucking which, a. you know, for everyone out there who doesn't know, they, just pat people down and they don't even always pat people down at the airport but yeah. they just work the metal detectors they're doing their jobs they're, mm-hmm. they're doing their jobs yeah. but they're not police officers right they're not detectives but uh anyway chris wakes up in what appears to be a 1970s game room it's a very i wrote kubrick-esque type <laughs> yeah. setting like it reminded uh, me a lot of like the shining yeah. a good way kind of environment it. definitely yeah it's complete with wood paneling and a console tv set uh, the TV set turns on and a commercial gin- begins to play. Yeah. And it's Rose's grandfather talking to whomever's watching mm-hmm. this. Yeah. About how they've identified a way to help people basically live forever yeah. or at least much longer. Yeah. Say, so behold the coagula. Yeah. And this yeah, is a major. Coagula. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that, 
that there's probably there's probably a meaning behind that that I didn't look into. Yeah. Uh, but the person watching this video is going to be a subject. Yeah. Of the procedure, and this is a major plot point in the film because uh, he explains that uh, the brains of Caucasian people are transplanted into African American bodies, and the consciousness of the host remains in the sunken place, conscious but powerless. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so then the teacup comes up on the TV set and it begins turning and Chris yeah. passes out. Yeah. Uh, Rod tries Chris's phone once again, but this time Rose answers. She feigns concern for Chris because he oh, left no. two days ago. That's a really creepy scene. It's a creepy scene because she's basically just uh, basically just reciting dialogue. She's, yeah, and she's she has like, no emotion. She's acting in her voice, but not her face. Yeah, and yeah. she's worried that like, oh no, Chris left a couple of days ago. It's, and then she kind of tries to seduce Rod. Like, I know you, I've seen the way you look at yeah. you. Yeah, she tells Rod that she knows that he wants to fuck her. Kind of setting Rod up to be the next person. That's yeah. kind of the way I took Rod it. Rod yeah. hangs, hangs that shit and up. He's like, oh, you lying bitch. And as the viewer, you can tell it's definitely not the first time that she's had to uh, recite mm-hmm. said dialogue. So Chris once again wakes up. He's, he's strapped to this chair. And uh, the, he's in front of the TV. And this time when the TV comes on, it's Jim Hudson. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, going to get in you. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the blind guy. Yeah, he's the winning bidder. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he talks to Chris and tells Chris that there's an intercom so they can talk back and forth. Yeah. Yep. And, and Jim tells him that they'll be swapping brains. Um, but a little bit of Chris will remain. Yeah. Hence the reason the maid cried and Dre yeah. freaked out with the flash. Yep. Exactly. Ultimately, he basically wants his sight and his artistic talents. Yep. Yep. He wants so his Jim, eyes. Yep. Jim will control the body and be Chris. Yeah. And Chris will just kind of be a passenger. So one thing that I think is good to note at this point is like we, Jordan Peele and, and David, you talked about this earlier. He set up the fact that Chris is very fidgety. Mm. Yeah. And especially when he talks about his mom and that situation, he always like scratches at the chair. Yeah. Scratching yeah. at the armchair that he's yeah. sitting in. Um, or he's like rapping on the table or doing whatever. And when he's nervous, that's what he does. Yeah. And you can't see this, listeners, but Brett is sitting in an armchair right now. And he's, <laughs> he's actually doing it. He's acting it out right now. I am. Very good. Great performance. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but... Uh, Chris he does so much the, like the stuffing from the chair is starting to come out a little bit. This is this is kind of it's like really the chair. similar. It's a very it similar is. chair. Really Are like, you going to strap me down? I like that chair. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very comfortable. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Chris is scratching at the chair, and it's at this point where he looks down and he sees that he's been scratching at the chair, and like the stuffing is coming out of the chair. Yeah. yeah. All right. He gets hypnotized again, though. So, well, and, we cut to the operation beginning. So yeah. now. Rose's dad is in an operating room and he's got the blind guy and he's got and he's his, a neurosurgeon. Yep. So, yeah, so he cut cuts open that out. guy's head. Yeah, real nice like. Yeah. yeah. He's no slouch. He knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. He's a yeah. Surgeon. And yeah. the brother's helping. Mm-hmm. Back in the game room, the teacup comes up on the screen. Chris says, no, don't do it. Teacup stirs. Chris passes out again. Yep. Uh, Jeremy, the brother, wheels a chair down because uh, they got... Uh, Steven Root's brain opens, so they're going to bring Chris in now. And he uh, unties Chris, and he's about ready to move him out of the chair and into the wheelchair. But, mm-hmm. cut two, Chris has a croquet, he grabs a croquet ball. Yeah. Yep, and bashes his head in because Chris uh, took some of that stuffing from the chair and put it in his ears, so he actually wasn't hypnotized. Exactly. He was faking it. Yep. So the dad is waiting for Chris's body, but Chris surprises the dad by grabbing the deer head off the uh-huh. wall and that's stabbing a, that's a him kill. with the antlers. Impales him with the antlers. Yeah. So the dad falls down, dying in the operating room. He knocks over the candles. Yep. Yeah. 
which are in the operating room, and they start the whole house on fire. Yeah, and and Mr. Hudson's in there too. He's the one. Yeah, being, he's fucked. His yeah. brain is wide open. He's under anesthesia, and yeah, he's he's, he's fucked. Yeah. He's in bad shape. <laughs> yeah, there's a fire, and he's got an open brain. Yeah, yeah. no, no bueno. So Chris yeah. goes upstairs. So seemingly Chris killed the brother. Yep, he's killed the dad and uh, Mr. Hudson. And Chris goes upstairs to see the maid. The maid runs away. Yep, but he leaves her alone. He then sees the mom, and they both look at the teacup that's sitting on the table. They both rush for it, but Chris knocks it out before she can use it on him again. Yeah. Breaks it. They struggle. She grabs like a letter opener and she goes to stab him, but he just like blocks her. I mean, he doesn't really block it. Like he it puts stabs. his hand up. He st- she stabs his hand. Yeah. But he doesn't yeah. fucking care. He doesn't flinch. Yeah. He grabs it and he like turns it on her. And stabs her right in the eye, right? Yeah. yeah. He kills her. Yep. Uh, he goes to leave, but the brother is back. Jeremy ain't dead. <laughs> and he oh. gets him in a chokehold. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jeremy spoke in class today. Yep, he's sure. fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I remember picking on the boy. Such a harmless little, little fuck. fuck. Yeah, but he unleashed a lion. <laughs> yeah, he bit the fucking... Fucking mashed his teeth and beat the, bit the bit recess the lady's recess breast. Recess lady's breast. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they fight. Yep. But this, this in comes back to our three moves ahead, right? Yeah. So... He put the stuffing in his ears, which is, you know, the moves ahead. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I mean, they're fighting. And every time he goes, Chris goes to open the door, Jeremy is behind him and he kicks it shut. Puts his foot up. Yeah. And yep. Chris goes to open the door, kicks it shut. Chris yep. goes to open the door. It happens like three times. Third time. And then finally, Chris goes to open the door. He kicks it shut and Chris grabs the letter opener yep. that he still has and stabs him in the yep. knee. Yep. So Chris was ahead. Three moves ahead because yep. that was the third time he put his it foot was up. The third move. Yeah. Yep. So it it establishes that you know yeah maybe he's not an MMA guy but uh, Chris, Chris is definitely is very smart. smart. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris uh, stomps Jeremy's head. Oh, he beat like he, a melon. Yeah. It doesn't show it, but no, but he stomps. We him get the sound real effects. good. Yeah. Did you guys see this in theaters? I did. How did they react? Wait, no, I'm sorry, I did not see this. You did in not. Theater. No, Brent, I didn't. did you? No, I didn't see it in theaters either. No, I bought I wish it. I, had. I, I bet. I bet the crowd was going mm-hmm. ape shit. Yeah, yeah. I bet they're going crazy. Well, meanwhile, we got Rose, and she's sitting up in a room eating Fruit Loops weirdly, one by one. <laughs> Listening to the I've had Yeah, she's listening time to Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So eating, eating Fruit well, Loops with no milk. Yeah, no, she's sipping on milk. Yeah, sipping on milk, eating Fruit eating Loops, Loops yeah. one guys, by one. Did you guys notice what was and going she's on? Surfing the internet for more potential uh-huh. victims. Well, not just that. What the milk was separated from the fruit loops. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of that white like that separation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah, you go. There's an, anal- an I just figured there. she was a weirdo about her weight and she just wanted to eat her. Oh, she's a weirdo, one yeah. By, one but, by one. But that was that was Yeah, uh, that's a good although, that's a good catch. I that do was, like some dry cereal. That I don't know about you gentlemen, but no. Oh no! What I are love you milk. About? Yeah. More the more milk, the better. Yeah. Although I can't have milk anymore. Oh, well, I can't thing. have too much milk. You have no tolerance for lactose. Mm, What's the deal? My butthole has no tolerance. Oh, for lactose. No. Oh no! You... I woke up in the middle of the night the other night. I woke up out of sleep. I've never had to wake up out of sleep to take a shit. What about ice cream? <laughs> and I woke. I can't do it, man. No? I, I I get so bloated. I don't. And drink, I love fucking ice cream. Let me tell you. I don't drink. I love. Fu- I love fucking ice cream, and I love fucking ice cream. Why do you? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's soft serve. Try almond milk. Uh, I do. It's good. It's good. Like it milk. is good. It's good. It's good. Wait, you like almond milk? <clears throat> I do. Didn't you guys give me shit about that in like our very <clears throat> first episode when we did the... Uh, wasn't me, dude. I cereal taste test? No, oh, I drank all right, almond all right, milk. All right. It wasn't me either. I prefer almond milk. I'm going to play it back in fact. You should. You. Yeah. 
You should and realize you're wrong. I'm probably like wrong. usual. All right. So Chris right. kills the brother. So then he grabs the keys from the dead yeah. brother and he goes to the car, which is the car from the very beginning. Right. That pulled over and yeah, kidnapped and Andre Logan, or Andre. Yeah. Yeah. And it's he starts driving away and he goes to call 911. But the call is cut short when he runs into the maid. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he doesn't want to leave the maid like his mom was. Right. Yeah, he looks back and you can tell he's like, ah. Right. And it's like the maid, the, the woman that is the body. Yeah. Like she did nothing wrong. Yeah. And he's trying to tell exactly. himself like, don't do it. She's don't a victim. Do it. Don't, don't yeah. go. But he goes go. and gets her anyway. Yeah. And he brings it in the car. And now Rose sees that Chris has escaped. And she goes and grabs a gun. And she wants to go shoot him. The maid wakes up in the car. She freaks out. She freaks out and yells to Chris, you destroyed my house. And she starts attacking him. Yeah. He gets, the car goes out of control. Crash into a tree. Crash into a tree. The maid dies on impact. She's dead. Chris wakes up and he sees she's got a scar on her forehead. Right. Like where her brain has been cut open. Right. And then Rose is shooting at him. Yep. (laughs) She's not a good shot, fortunately. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gets out of the car and he starts to run away. But he's hobbled Mm -hmm. by... All that he's been through, including the car accident. And then the groundskeeper comes up next to Rose and Rose says to him, get him, Grandpa. Mm-hmm. To which we're like, mm. oh, that's yep. her grandparents. So the groundskeeper sprints after Chris and tackles him and the two men fight. But Chris yep. manages goes back to the Jesse Owens. Thing yep. <clears> he was the runner. runner. Yep. yep. Yeah. Now he's in a different body. Chris manages to get his phone and uh, make the flash go off. Yep. Camera flashes Grandpa. Stuns him. Yeah. And the groundskeeper turns to Rose and asks for the gun okay, so he can gun. finish the job. Now, the, the camera flash is an access point to the conscious. Uh, yeah, it lets the person in the sunken place right. pop up for a second. Yeah. Like, lets right. them regain control. Yeah. Yep. So he uh, gets the gun from Rose and he acts like he's going to shoot uh, Chris. Chris with it. Yep. But instead, he shoots, shoots Rose. Rose right in the belly. Yep. Yeah. And then he shoots himself and, and then he blows his brains out. Yeah. Yep. So Chris goes it's to essentially Rose. Essentially killing himself and grandpa. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Chris goes over to Rose. Fuck well, he blows his brains out, right? Yeah. So yep. he yeah, is blowing the brain of grandpa right. out of his right. own head. Right. Yep. Uh, Chris goes to Rose and begins to strangle her, but he can't do it. Yep. And he releases her. And then cop lights appear. And Chris raises his hands like, fuck. And Rose yells to the officer to help her like she's the sympathetic white girl. Um, so the first time you guys saw this movie, you were like, He's going to get Fuck. fucked. Chris yeah. is going to get shot. And yep. That's how this movie's going to end. Yep. Chris is going to get killed by the cops. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I thought. Yep. But when the officer exits the car, we realize it's Rod and he's not in a cop car. He's in a TSA vehicle. Yep. Yeah. And Chris gets in the car with him. <laughs> yeah. And they're driving down the street and he's like, uh, I mean, I told you not to get in that house. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But they leave Rose to die. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, he's team motherfucking S-A or T-S motherfucking A. And so that is the movie Get Out. That's how it ends. Um, you know, something interesting that I just thought about, guys, and and pardon me for just thinking about this, but I've thought about this movie quite a bit, but it was when we were talking about the Jesse Owens thing just now. Do you think the grandfather started all this because he was beat by an African-American to get into the Olympics? Oh, it could be. And that's why he thinks that the African-American body is superior. And so that's why he wanted to transplant his own brain that's, into an African-American I think, yeah, body. Yeah, I think you're onto something. Cause if I'm not mistaken, I think that was kind of alluded to in the documentary thing mm-hmm. that they watch about, like when they see the video about how this company came out, came to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, yeah, he does say like, you know, 
it's a superior yeah, body or whatever. But I think that like was that. probably the catalyst. Yeah, it was yeah. a catalyst. It's like, fuck, yeah. this guy beat me in the Olympic trials. I yep. want a black body. Yep. Yeah. And that's like his own vanity uh, to be the best. Right. Yeah. Like, but he's superior in intellect, but he's not superior. Well, he thinks he's superior in intellect, right. but he's not superior in uh, genetic makeup. Yeah. Uh, there's Alan, a lot of symbolism in this movie. There's a lot to unpack, and, right. and, and a lot in the next movie oh, too. Fuck, we're gonna be here till. <laughs> God damn, it's definitely worth another viewing. Uh, yeah, I've seen this movie uh, a couple times now. Yeah, uh, Alan, this was the first time you saw this movie, and to kind of like fast forward through Ooh. our reviews, let's let's go through what we think about this. Um, I really enjoyed it, uh, and it's. It's entertaining and it's also disturbing, uh, and it's also eye-opening. I think this movie is very necessary viewing. There's so much going on, and it's it's also sad in a way, and a lot of the symbolism touches up on that. You know, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, it for a horror movie, it's fantastic because it it uh shines a light on a lot of stuff that's uh real life yeah and uh you know i think uh jordan peele does a fantastic job on uh, shining a light on a lot of things that people overlook or may not be aware of but when when the movie finished i was like i was i was sad i was sad i was also entertained but i was sad i was disturbed it touched up on a lot of emotions and, you know, none of us will ever really realize what some people go through. And this this movie really uh, nails it. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it a five. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's a powerful film. I didn't really have any issues with it as far as filmmaking goes. It's very well written, very well performed. The performances were great. You had some veteran actors in there. Uh, mixed with some newer talent overall there there were some lighthearted moments uh, definitely with rod yeah, yeah it had a little bit of everything yep and uh it's a very powerful film but you know like i said there's some lighthearted moments and there's some dark comedy in it too uh but i give it a five uh and you know i love movies with symbolism because they you know movies with symbolism i'd like to give another viewing and just catch things. It's like, oh, that's why that happened, or oh, that's why this happened. Yeah. Uh, some things to touch up. The sunken place. Uh, Jordan Peele, and I quote, he says, the sunken place means we're marginalized. No matter how hard we scream, the system silences us. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system, uh, the system's fucked up, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, I can't even imagine some things that uh, people go through. Um, another thing, uh, a scene that, uh, that occurred that I thought was, uh, it was a creepy scene where Chris encounters, uh, uh, George, uh, what was it? Maid's name? Georgina. Georgina, Georgina uh, in, in the, uh, kitchen, he comes back inside from the outside and, uh, he's like, you know, look like this, like, why are you here? Like, you know, some, you know. He, he he feels it's not right, and she's like, "Oh no, 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 no." Yeah, and she says, 
She says, they, <laughs> they treat us so good. Right. And, and it's not until later in the movie you realize he's not talking to her. He's talking to the grandmother. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and he says something like, you know, he, he references like, you know, being a snitch. Well, he's talking to both of them at the same time. That's what I think you're, oh, yeah, you're you getting. S- because you because see she's, the- she's trying, like the original person. She's in there. Is trying, in there, trying so hard to, to get out. out. And that's why, that's why she kind of like tears. breaks. Yep. Right? That's why she's kind of like, no, 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 well, no, no, I read, no. I read somewhere that the tear is actually from the grandmother because of what he says. He says something like. Maybe it's the other way around, like knowing what she's done. It could be. But he says something in regards to like, I can't remember what he says. He's something, he says something in regards to like the white people or something like that. And uh, the grandmother, I think, reacts to what he says. Okay. There's yeah. different ways to take it. Yeah. But I, 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 this is one of those movies where. There's a as, lot of different interpretations. There's a lot of different interpretations. Yeah. But this is one of those movies where as soon as it ended, man, I couldn't wait to read about it. And I started reading And about talk it. about it. And I was like, oh, that's why this happened. And that's why this happened. And you pick up a lot of the stuff. And and here's another thing. When the, when the cop pulled, when the cop showed up after they hit the deer and he wanted to see the ID and the girl defended him, she wasn't doing it because she cared. She was doing it to cover the tracks. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. She was doing it to she, yeah. kind of because she didn't want the cop to know that she was taking him up there. Yeah. And again, trying to lull Chris into like yeah. a false sense of security. But, but, but yeah, George, it was both things. But yeah. She was covering her ass because yeah. if the cop knew that he was up there and he goes missing, then the cop yeah. would be like, yep. "Oh shit." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I but, saw that guy. But there's and, and I'll, that's I'll, a good call. Yeah. Out, Alan. Yeah. You don't need to see his ID. I'd prefer you don't know his name. Yeah. yeah. Because because they got something going and she don't want anybody to know. Yep. But uh, I'll, she's I'll, the biggest bitch of them all. Yeah. yeah. And I'll summarize this this up as well. Jordan Peele is a very smart guy. He, you know, he's a big fan of horror from what I understand. And, uh, you know, he knows his stuff. And from what I got from this movie, I got kind of a Stepford Wives invasion of the body yeah, snatchers definitely. type vibe. And I love those movies too. Yep. So kudos to him. Uh, but he made a real gem here. And, uh, you know, as, as much as, as much influence he used, uh, I think it also stands on its own as uh, a great American original. Very yeah. good. Well said. I'll go, I'll go next. I, how do I follow that? Well done, sir. Um, I agree 100%. This we can is, just rearrange the order. Fan- Let's start with you, David. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Thanks, Brett. This is great filmmaking um, through and through. Great story. Great performances. Um, the uh, what's Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Kaluuya who plays Chris? His yeah. performance is fantastic. I mean, in the scene when he's getting hypnotized and the tears are running oh down his cheeks, oh my god, like, it is so real uh-huh. and visceral. It's just, it's a fantastic performance. the The music is subtle, but cool and atmospheric. Yeah. The direction is it's cool. used at the right moments. The performances are great. the The screenplay is fantastic. The pacing is terrific. There isn't. I, I, when I rated this movie, I tried to think back. Is there a single thing about this movie I can criticize or I dislike? Yeah. And I got nothing, man. And you said pacing. The The pacing is fantastic. It's not overly tense like some horror movies are or or, or suspense films are because he puts in a little humor yeah. too. Yeah. Like especially when Rod... The humor is great. It's yeah. not over the top. So this movie is not a comedy yeah. at, by any means. The balance is perfect. There's just enough to make it to make it good. And um, I just feel like... Uh, this is a strong, strong movie. Um, I struggle to really criticize. If I'm going to make even a minor complaint, it would be that I, I saw it coming 
like I felt like I was in on it a little early, and I wish they had pulled that back a little bit. Like I, I felt like I, I that's I knew, okay. I think that's I felt valid. like I knew what was going on. Sure, but, but overall, uh, I gave it five as well. Oh, hold your ground, Brett. Speak your truth. What you got? I got to be the bad guy. That's all right. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah, I think everything that you guys said is one hundred percent accurate. I'm not going to give it a five though, because there is something that bothers me. Sure. The thing that bothers me is, well, there's two things. <laughs> uh, one of them's kind of small. The other one's kind of major. The thing that bothers me is that what sets off the people is the flash in the camera. Because you don't think having been doing this, now seemingly they've been doing this for about 20 years. That's a good point. Right? They, they haven't come up with something to get around that. There hasn't been a flash that has gone off in one of their victims eyes that has caused them to have these episodes the first time that it happens or maybe it's not the first time maybe they'll just accepted the fact that oh flashes happen but i found it was needed it was ne- there needed to be that to have an element chris have a way to escape right 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 because that gives him the way to escape from the groundskeeper at the end it gives him a way to uh, let us know early on that something's wrong with that Andre character, but it seemed a little easy. It seemed not, I don't want to say lazy because there's nothing lazy about Jordan Peele's writing, right? It seemed a little easy and it seemed like, but it was necessary. The, I think it was necessary. Yes, it's necessary, but I think that there could have been something better. So, there could have been something different. I don't listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to criticize the guy, but I get, I'm I get what be, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna be like, my I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't I can't criticize somebody who's obviously far far yeah. superior to me in filmmaking. But if I had a criticism, that's it. Because it's like, okay, it's it's like um it's like in the movie um uh signs. Okay. I love that movie Signs by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> but it's like if the aliens <laughs> uh, I get you. I have a problem with that ending. Are, allergic water? or can kill get killed by water why, why they go there in the first place yeah, why they go to a planet that out? sure 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 yeah so that's, that's kind of like yeah. it's like yeah okay no i got gotcha. you um, i so there's that yeah. element the other element is um in the operation room and maybe it was supposed to be oh very, i think i know very very like uh satanic almost but it was not clean why are there candles why are there fucking candles (laughs) the only reason why there's candles is to burn the house down no that makes Uh, sense it's like put the candles somewhere else why are the candles in the operation room sure uh why they're not sterile whatsoever like they have these operating utensils in a wooden box like i understand that it's like this whole presentation everything but we don't establish the fact that they're satanic we establish the fact that they're scientific so why not have it be a very sterile environment? That's well, there good, were references, uh, their descendants, I think, of the uh, Knights Templar or something because of the Knight's helmet. And maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's it. it. But I didn't get that. I mean, it deserves a second viewing and maybe we'll see more things that we didn't see before. Yeah, maybe. Uh, when I watched it, though, I, again, this is my second time watching it. I, I liked it even more this time uh, because I was able to pick out some some references uh, sooner Um it sucks knowing the ending. It sucks knowing all that stuff. It doesn't, uh, yeah. and watching it again. But um, it's enjoyable in the sense that you can pick up on how great the filmmaking is. Yeah. And yeah. that's where I think this one shines. Yeah. So, long story short, I'm giving it four and a half. Yeah. And I'm not giving it five. I'm giving it four and a half. That's totally fair. Sure. And, and something else uh, about this film is 
I really enjoyed the last moments of this film where he just he kills them off one by yeah. one because I was love, great. Yeah, I love and I love the movies. tension of that last year when the cop or the car arrives. You're like, oh no, no, and no. And it's no. like they're gonna believe yeah. the white girl. Yep. <laughs> And I love that it was T.S. motherfucking A. Yeah. <laughs> that's a 4.833333. So yeah. that's one of our highest rated movies that probably. Is that goes up there with Alien probably. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. Uh, definitely buy see it. it. Don't buy even, it. Don't even rent it. Don't stream you it. Get it on DVD Just for $5. I bought it, it the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next movie is a more recent movie. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying, spoiler alert. This is a movie that came out in 2019, so it's been out for at least six months. Yeah, and it hasn't been streaming, or it hasn't been available for, like, on Blu-ray for you very, can stream for it very now. long. You yeah. can stream it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but a yeah. few weeks, like, it's still fairly fresh. Yeah, so I want to say, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the movie Us, I'm going to recommend you stop watching, or listening. Stop watching Us, too. That's creepy. <laughs> but yeah, stop listening uh, to this. And go, go watch, watch it, it, then come back. And then you can come back and listen to us. But if you have seen the movie Us, or you don't care about spoilers, uh, please continue Let's listening. continue. All right. Fair enough. Jordan Peele came out with his follow-up film in 2019, written and directed by Jordan Peele. The movie is called Us. Uh, this movie stars... Lupita Nyong'o. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Adelaide. As Adelaide, it's uh, Adelaide Wilson. I wrote down some other people, but uh, I don't Winston my... Duke was her, her husband, husband Gabe. Uh-huh. Elizabeth Moss, who's uh, their friend. Yep, and from uh, what uh, Mad Men and oh yeah yeah, yeah that's right. Yep. And then we got Tim Heidecker. Yep, from Tim and Eric. Tim awesome and Eric. show. Great job. I love that show. <laughs> and Tom goes to the mayor. Did you ever watch that show? No. Oh, God. another. You know what? Another great comedy duo. Tim and Eric? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tim and Eric are hilarious. My wife doesn't get them. <laughs> what? She hates them. Oh, my God. Ah. And I laugh so hard at their... Did you ever see their movie? Their billion-dollar movie? I have not. Funny? Yes. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. I'll check it out. It's goddamn ridiculous. Yeah. It's such oddball humor, but that's what I love about it. I love humor that people don't understand, but when you get it, it's so satisfying. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's stupid. Same thing with uh, you ever watch Eric Andre show? Yeah, same. I, same, I love that fucking same show. And fucking I, humor. And I not to get too off track. Uh, I went to go see Eric Andre at the Crescent Ballroom. Oh yeah, uh, years oh, really? ago. And uh, did he do stand up? Or was he just well? Being they had, a they had an well, yeah. They had an they had an opening act, an opening comedian. And he's like, "All right, you guys ready for Eric Andre?" Yeah, and and the desk was on the, the, on oh, the okay. stage and everything. So it's like the it's like a live show. Oh, that's cool. And and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then like people were, like pushing behind me, like, "Fuck, what the fuck?" And I was with a a guy I knew at the time, and we're like, "What the fuck's going on?" And and somebody's pushing behind us is Eric Andre. Uh, he's pushing through the crowd. He came through the crowd, nah, and he was funny. pushing us like trying to piss us oh, off. That's funny. Yeah. But I love that oddball kind of humor, and Tim, Tim, and, ah, Tim and Eric are definitely in that vein. Yeah, well, <laughs> Tim Heidecker plays uh, the friend of Gabe. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other characters we should mention in this movie are the son and daughter. Yeah. Yeah, so you got, uh, uh, I think her name is uh, Shahadi, uh, right? Joseph plays Zora, mm-hmm. and then Evan Shahadi. Alex. Shahadi. Shahadi, and then uh, Evan Alex, who plays uh, yeah. Jason. Yep. All right, let's talk about this movie. 
There, I'm going to tell you guys right now, there's a lot to unpack in this fucking yeah. film. Yeah. As much as there wasn't Get Out, I feel like it's... I feel like there's even more. And in, in the interest of time, we probably need to move a little quicker through this one. Yeah. So let's kind of go as quickly as possible. Yeah. So you get like uh, at the opening shot, there's like a just some uh, written words about tunnels throughout the world and how there's thousands and thousands Throughout the United States. Yep. Um, we get kind of a zoom shot of a TV that's playing a commercial from the 80s. So we're, I think we're in 1986. 86, yeah. And it's Hands Across America. I don't know about you guys, like, my, I actually participated in Hands Across <laughs> I didn't America participate in it, but it was a big deal. But I also remember it being a big flop. Yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah. I do remember as a kid, like, my parents and my sister, like, we went somewhere and we held hands and yeah. out, yeah. Yeah, it was for homeless people. Yeah. yeah. It was to uh, get money for um, the homeless. What's cool, another thing that's cool about that shot is we got, like, a TV, but we can see uh, VHS movie boxes. We got Chud. Mm-hmm. Um, the Goonies. Goonies. Goonies, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Did you guys pick up on the symbolism of all of these boxes? Yes. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. for sure. And we'll talk about that as yep. it goes yep. on. Yep. The right stuff. Yep. Yeah. You got a family. Um, they're in a, the boardwalk at Santa Cruz Pier. Yeah. yeah so also, uh, as the as the TV kind of ends or whatever, uh, we see the reflection of a little girl. Yeah. Of young Adelaide in 1986 yeah. watching, watching the, commercial. the commercials. And, and she's watching all this. But then uh, we re- realize that it's her birthday. Yep. Yeah. And she wanted to go to the boardwalk in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Uh, with her dad and mom, and her dad's kind of maybe a drunk, alcoholic, yeah, yeah, yeah. alcoholic, a drunk, vibe. something yep. like that. Her mom and dad have a tumultuous relationship. There's, there's a to con- say the least. There's a conflict there. Yeah, yeah. but uh, she's just kind of walking around with them. I love another reference. So we got already got Chud, uh, Goonies, Nightmare on Elm Street right off the bat. But then like the mom's like, "Hey, why don't you go check out? I think they're filming a movie over by the carousel over there." Which you know is, which movie? It's the Lost Boys. Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Yeah, Just, Lost Boys. yeah. A nice little, nice, nice little, little nod. nod. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they go uh, play or. He's playing um, whack a mole. No, he's throwing some. Versus playing like yeah, where you got to knock over uh, the milk bottles. Like, yeah. yeah, he wins her a shirt, and it's he wins her a shirt, and she wants number eleven. Yep. Yeah. Which the number eleven is very mm, important. It'll come up film. a lot in this movie. Uh, but it's she wins a Michael Jackson Thriller, thriller t-shirt. Shirt. It's pretty rad. Which nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah Thriller was eighty three. I think. Yeah, it's a few years after. Yeah, but it would, yeah, that would, album charted for so long. Though. Yeah, you true. would still find still popular. Oh yeah. Yeah, and the video obviously on MTV. Oh yeah, they were still playing it. Yeah, mom's got to go pee, so she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the restroom." Adelaide, watch your daughter. Yeah, yeah. he says the dad, yep. watch your daughter. At that point, he's playing whack a mole. Yeah, yep. and yep. he wanders. She wanders off. Uh, she goes down to the beach, and she's walking along the beach, and then she finds a funhouse. Yep, it says Vision Quest. Yep. Find yourself. Yep. Mm. So she goes in, and it's like a maze of mirrors. It mixed with like a haunted house yep. kind of thing. And she gets lost in the mirrors. The power goes out, and she starts whistling uh, "Itsy Bitsy Spider." And then someone else kind of finishes the whistle almost. Mm-hmm. But then she kind of turns around and she sees what well, we just see the back. Yeah. So she sees herself, but it's not like if you're in a uh, house of mirrors, your reflection would be your face. But she sees the back of someone's head. Yeah. Yep. And then she gets a surprised look of terror on her face. Cut to opening credits. Yeah. And, and the opening of, music, which is fucking mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. But uh, we see a rabbit in a cage. And as it slowly pans out. There's multiple rabbits in multiple cages. Yeah. Um, it's now present day. Adelaide is a uh, riding passenger in the car with her husband, Gabe. Her kids are in the back seat. She's got an older daughter and a younger son. Yeah. Zora and Jason. Yep. Zora and Jason. And they're riding up to a summer house uh, for vacation for the week. 
yeah. um, in Santa Cruz. They uh, they get yeah. to the house and the dad's like, we're here. And he wakes them up like all of a sudden. The dad's a goofball. <laughs> I love the dad. He's pretty excited yeah. about he's this good. trip. Yeah. Her, not so much, but he's pretty he's pretty stoked. Yeah, and he's a dad. Like He's a guy I can identify with because he does the shit to his kids oh, yeah. that I do. Like He'll condemn them for swearing. But then he has the mouth of a sailor. Uh, well, maybe presumably yeah, yeah, he yeah. has the mouth of a sailor. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty like rough and tough. Like, but then when somebody comes after him, he runs back into the house and yeah, shuts yeah. the door. <laughs> uh, which is what I assume I would do. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, I'll protect you. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. That guy is six foot five too. It's a big dude. When he yeah. gets in that bed. It's oh, yeah. like a full size bed. That bed looks like eagle. a twin. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty eagle. I was like, they don't watch it with them shorts. Uh-huh, so yeah, get ball shot. <laughs> so scrot coming out. Uh-huh. Little chewed bubble gum. <laughs> chewed bubble gum. <laughs> Little coin purse. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, so the, he wants to go to the beach. Well, yeah, and, and her not so much. Yeah, yeah, because well, she has a kind of a flashback. Um, and she, you know, it's the events. She's still a little traumatized. It's the events after what happened at the boardwalk, and she's no longer speaking. Like, she's quiet. You see the yeah. parents are kind of having a conversation with a the therapist. You can tell, like, it's causing strain between their marriage. Like, it's just rough. And and the mom says, and Adelaide's mom says, I just want my daughter back. Yeah. And Adelaide's playing in the other room, and she's just kind of watching them. Like, man, I don't know. She's speechless. Yeah. Um. But again, it's present day. The the dad wants to go to the beach because he wants to meet up with his friends. Like, Josh and I'm, Kitty I'm Tyler. I'm assuming it's like yeah. his work friend or something. Or like, like an old college friend or something like that. Like old, yeah. old friends. Some guy who he's friends with, but only because he competes with him. Like, yeah, and this guy's kind of a douche. Kind like, of? He's a rich douchebag. <laughs> and his wife's a bitch. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, Gabe buys a boat. Well, he rents a boat, right? I think he, he buy buys it? it. Oh, he bought that boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. He bought it off the guy. Uh, it leans, goes a little to the yeah, left. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> the engine occasionally cuts out, and you got to kind of knock on the. Yep, and you got to hold the steering wheel going. because yeah, it always little, leans to the left. A little tricky, but uh, it's it's the uh, it's there, um, and he's got a boat now. So they all decide they're going to go to the beach. This is when the the son is playing with his little magic trick, which is like it lights fire. Yeah, yeah. but he can't get it to work. Nope, because he doesn't remember. It's also when he tells uh, the sister to kiss his anus. She's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, and the, and the dad was like, "I prefer you use the curse word in this." Said the actual word. <laughs> uh, That's also the "I got five on it." Uh, yeah. they're in the car. Oh, yeah. And the sister also says that uh, the government uses fluoride to brainwash everybody. Yeah. Mm. She kind of proposes that conspiracy theory. Uh, but yeah, I got five on it. Starts playing, and the dad's like, "This is a classic." To which I'm like, "I guess it's a classic," but. I it remember is. when this song was popular. Yeah. So I like I'm how the like, kids like, this song's about drugs. Like, no, nah, it's a dope song. <laughs> yeah, it's just a dope song. It's both. Um, it's but, a good song. Uh, but it's then a Adelaide tells her, hus- or her son, Jason, let's get into the rhythm. Come on, snap along yep. to the rhythm. And they are completely not in rhythm. Yeah. Nope. They're snapping. Yeah, like, they're off. They're on <laughs> the off beats. They're on the off beats. Dad and sister on the down beats. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So they go to the beach. Again, we got some cool music playing. Um, but uh, they get to the beach and they're talking to uh, Tim Heidecker and uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth yeah. Moss. Josh and, and Kitty Tyler. Josh and Kitty. And jo- and Kitty is drinking her rosé and Josh has got the full bar there. Mm-hmm. They have twin daughters who are off being... Doing cartwheels and shit. Twin teenage daughters. Yeah. Um, the uh, Adelaide's kids are off playing. Um, Jason's digging tunnels. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Z- what's her name? Zora. 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 Yeah. She's just kind of off doing her own thing, trying to like I guess fit in with the two tweens. And uh, Jason needs to go to the bathroom. And the two twins both assume they're like, why don't you just go pee in the pee in the ocean? Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to. So he goes off to the uh, Port of Johns. Um, on his way there, uh, something that we should mention is is when Adelaide was a young girl, she mm. saw a guy holding a Jeremiah eleven eleven sign. Yeah. yeah. And now in present day, that guy has died. Mm-hmm. And we see they, him getting loaded into like an ambulance as yeah. they approach the uh, boardwalk or the yeah. beach. Yeah. Then when Jason goes to the bathroom, he sees a guy who basically is looks almost exactly like, at least from behind, yeah, the homeless man who just died. Mm-hmm. And he's like dripping blood and he's standing there like arms outstretched. Yeah, with like yeah. a red kind of outfit on. Yeah, underneath and his trench like, coat. Yeah, and there's blood. There's blood dripping, from, dripping his from his hand. Jason sees this and he's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But uh, anyway, Adelaide realizes Jason's gone. She screams for him, like, where is he gone? Because, you know, she's still traumatized from when she was a kid and walked away from her parents. She gets Jason back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's freaking out. She freaks out. Don't, they go back home. Don't you ever run off. They go back home. Everybody's going to bed. Uh, she puts um, the kids to bed. That's when Gabe gets on the bed and spreads the was like, hey. Yeah. What's up, girl? And she's like. I want to leave. I'm not feeling it. I don't feel like myself. He's like, well, you look like yourself. And she's like, well, you got to understand what happened to me when I was a kid. Yeah, and she confides in him. I saw my reflection in the mirror and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And I've always felt like that girl that I saw, like she's always been following me and she's, gonna and she's always going to come back for me. Yeah. It's about this time where Jason walks in. He goes, uh, there's a family. The, the, the power, f- the power in the house goes out, yep. and it's pitch black. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Gabe's kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, all right, I'll go deal with this. And then yep. Jason walks in, he's like, "There's a family in our driveway." Yep. Mm. And they're like, "What?" And they look out, and there's a family in their driveway, and they're holding hands. Yeah, they're holding and Adelaide's hands. Adelaide's quick; like she calls the cops immediately. And by the way, the family in the driveway is the exact. You know, they have that sticker of the stick family. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It does it's look the same like exact that. pose. Yep. Yeah. Also, hands across America. Mm-hmm. Also, hands across America. And this family is out there, and the dad uh, goes out there. And yeah, because like, Adelaide the f- calls the cops. He's like, "Dude, you're overreacting. Like, relax." I'll just tell him to yeah, get let the me, fuck out let of me let me go take care of this. He tells them to get the fuck out of there. They don't move. He goes out there with a baseball bat. He says, "Get the fuck out of there." Then they all move, but like they different split, directions, split in different directions, and then like a Dude. big guy comes <laughs> after him. When he goes out the second time, it's pretty great. So he, he goes and talks to him. Like they don't move. He goes back in. He's like, "All right, yeah, call the cops. This is <laughs> weird." And then he grabs a baseball bat and he goes back out there. And he kind of gets all tough guy. Like, "All right, here's what's I going on." I told you one. The time. police are on their way. Yeah. So if you want to get crazy, yeah, yeah it's we just, can get crazy. And then like, yeah, the family disperses. And the very big, quickly. the big family member, the big guy, and, comes after and him. He's like, "Oh shit!" That's where <laughs> he runs, runs into the house. house and he locks the door. And then uh, Adelaide says, uh, the door starts getting jimmied open. And Adelaide goes, oh, the Heideke. And he goes, Heideke, that's some white people shit right there. He's like blocking the door. Yeah, because there's like a rock, a fake rock with a key in it. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a funny line. It was too. funny. Yeah. And um, the family, like, so you hear scrambling kind of all around the house. And uh, yeah, they all eventually get in. And they yep. take they take away his, uh, his baseball bat. And hit him in the knee. Yep. Yeah. He gets knocked down. The whole family ends up on the couch. Yeah. Yep. And across from them is this other family. Yep. And this other family is exact Yeah, Jason says, it's us. Yep. And it's Adelaide's copy. It's Jason's copy, yeah. who's wearing a mask. 
um, Zora. it's Zora's copy and it's Gabe's yeah. copy. Yeah. They're they're basically doppelgangers and they're called the Tethered and they share a soul with their counterparts and they've come to untether themselves. Yep, and they're all wearing red suits yep. with one glove on the hand and they all have scissors. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, we could say is Michael Jackson's Thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going Michael back Jackson to, going with back the one the glove. Yep. Or also Freddy Krueger with the glove and the scissors. Yep. Yeah. Uh, kind of a Nightmare on Elm Street. Could be a number of things. But the the matriarch of the family is the only one who seems capable of speaking. Is red. Right. Red. And that's and, Adelaide's doppelganger. Yep. And she speaks in a very strained voice. Once there was a girl. Yeah. Yes. Mm, <laughs> it, was, it was super creepy. Yeah. It was super creepy. So basically what she says is there was a girl. With a shadow. With a shadow. And when the girl got something good, the shadow got something bad. And when the girl would eat nice food, the shadow had to eat raw yeah. rabbit. And when the girl got nice presents, the shadow got sharp objects that cut her fingers. And when the girl got married, basically the shadow got raped. And when the girl had a kid, the shadow had, had to give monster. birth uh, to a monster. And when the girl had another kid that had she to had have a C-section, C-section, she had to do it herself. The shadow had to do it herself. Yeah. So anything that happened to the girl up in the... You know, not the upside down. Uh, anything yeah, that happened yeah. in the real world happened to the, the other person had the worst end of it. The worst end of the deal. Yeah. So now, as Alan said, and, uh, they're uh, coming no. to sever these ties. Yep. And then I love the "Who are you?" And they, she says, we're "No, Am- they don't say who are you. They say what are you?" Yeah. And she says, "We're, we're Americans. Americans." So it says, "What are you? We're Americans." Um, so then we got uh, the the doppelganger of the dad grabs him and drags him outside. She tells the, the girl to run. Uh, the red tells the <laughs> a, little girl run. run. Mm. And so she runs and then uh, her Zora, Zora. Yeah. Zora. I, I don't know why I keep wanting to say Zoe. Yeah. Zora's a daughter. <laughs> Zora. Zora runs and her doppelganger chases after her. And then they tell the two little boys to go play together. Yeah. yeah. And then Adelaide, uh, who is now chained up to the table uh, and her doppelganger uh, continue Red, to talk. Yeah. And she's like, basically, don't hurt my children. Yeah. Gabe and his counterpart, Abraham, fight. Yeah. And they're out on a boat. Yeah. Yep. Gabe's basically... Um, they're on Gabe's boat. <laughs> yeah, he's in like a duffel bag or like a bag. He's Yeah, uh, like a trash bag almost. Yeah. And he kind of like cuts his way out of it. Yeah, and Abraham's uh, driving the boat and then the boat breaks down. Yep. Yeah, so the doppelganger goes and he's kind of pounding on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the boat breaks down. Uh, Gabe escapes, pushes the doppelganger into the water. He cracks him with a baseball bat yeah. and knocks him into the they water. They both actually go into yeah, the water. The, yeah, because the, then the engine re-engages, and then, yeah, Gabe himself falls into the water. They're, yeah. Now they're both but in the, the water. But the doppelganger's tied to the tethered to, yep, to yep. the boat, tethered to, yep. and the boat keeps the going. However, the boat always veers left, so it comes around in a circle, yep. and it comes back to him. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, they, they get into a fight. I'm just going to explain what happens yeah, to them. Ahead, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they get into a fight, and then they're right by the engine. Uh, yeah. The motor, the outboard motor, and the motor reengages again and chops up the doppelganger. Gabe like headbutts the engine and like yeah, kicks back in and uh, yep. chops yeah. him up. Yep. So Gabe survives and he gets on the boat and goes back. Yep. His doppelganger. Zora dead. is running, but she can't outrun her twin. Her twin is evil and evil looking. By mm. the way, she's got that weird smile. Yep. At all times, her twin has her 
trapped and her twin is standing on top of a car meanwhile the car's owner comes on he's like what the fuck are you doing on my car he's like get the fuck off my car yep and he tells her to come here while she goes to him and she stabs him yeah but while she's doing that zora escapes back to the house Mm yeah uh the two little boys are playing and it's revealed that the little boy with the mask on uh pulls up his mask and he's got been burned yeah severely Yeah, Yeah. yeah Um, so he pulls his mask back down, but uh, Jason and uh, Pluto are and Pluto who is Pluto's the, the doppelganger, the doppelganger. Yep. They're playing, but Jason like traps him in the closet. Traps him in the closet. Yeah, locks the closet door basically. Yep. Jason uh, also discovers in this scene that he can. Uh, He's con- still tethered with this guy. He yeah, can control the, what he does. Yeah, yep. Pluto copies kind of everything that Jason does, kind of like a mirror image. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, that point, Gabe comes back, right? Gabe comes back. Uh, Red family gets on the boat. Yep. Yeah, and um, uh, Adelaide oh, escapes. Adelaide gets away. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She busts off the the table. Yeah, she breaks free because uh, but she's her, still got the chains on. Yeah, yeah. her doppelganger uh, is drawn to uh, Pluto's cries, and she breaks free from the table. Yep. And the family regroups and escapes on the boat. Yeah, they get on the boat. They get to the boat, and they're gonna go over to their friend's house. Yeah. yeah to Cut Josh, to to Josh and Kitty. Josh and Kitty. I love these scenes. Oh, it, it, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot. We're entering my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, Josh and Kitty are at home, and uh, Josh. Kitty hears a noise. Kitty comes down. She hears a noise, so she yells down to him, like, uh, "Go check it out!" And he says, "There's nothing." He asks uh, his <laughs> Alexa or whatever to. You fucking oh. bitch. Oh, she Ophelia. Ophelia. Oh, yeah, let's just say Ophelia. It's but, Ophelia. Yeah. Mine, mine almost turned on. And Ophelia. Is Greek for help. Okay. Oh, there you oh, go. Because nice. like she's like, hey, something outside. And he's like, oh, you're right. There, there is something outside. It's, it's OJ. It's OJ. <laughs> it's OJ. Anyway, so he asks Ophelia to play the Beach Boys. Yep. Uh, play some start, good vibrations. And they love drinking vibrations. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, the Beach Boys were kind of connected to Charles Manson, which was kind of because uh, he wrote a song that the Beach Boys That's right. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stayed with uh, uh, Denny Wilson for a while. Um, and uh, that was a cult. Yeah. These people are kind of a cult. Like, they're all dressed the same way and, mm-hmm. and they act kind of like a cult. But uh, anyway, uh, so Beach Boys start playing. Good vibrations, yep. And then all of a sudden, the doppelgangers of all of them show up. Uh, the two twin girls there show up upstairs. They yep. they kill them. Kitty and Josh, yep. And then Kitty and Josh downstairs. They yeah, kill they make them. quick work of all of them. Yeah. Yep, except for Kitty. Yep, Kitty's, she's still kind of left for dead. Yeah, and then the doppelganger of Josh kind of sticks his hand out like he's going to help her, and then he gives that like... He does that, ooh, I'm just fixing my hair. Yeah, yeah. Thing. <laughs> which I thought was weird for the doppelganger to do, yeah. but I, I don't know. He had a sense of humor, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, they're so, They're all connected in a way. Yeah. Uh, so Dude, they make quick work. Yeah. yeah. The Wilson show up. Well, before that, so Kitty's on the floor and she's kind of crawling and she's like, Ophelia. Call the police. Call the police. Oh. And she goes, now playing Fuck the Police by NWA. That yep. seems fantastic. And then, <laughs> yeah, and we, and it immediately flips from Beach Boys to rap music. NWA singing Fuck oh, the Police. Awesome. So the Wilsons do show up um, and the boy, the Adelaide gets abducted. Right away. Yeah. And then Gabe gets uh, chased down by... Um, by Josh's, Josh's doppelganger. Josh's doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. So and they go the out to the boat. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, he so, ultimately takes care of him. Yeah. Yep. He kills him. Uh, so we won't go any further on there. But Adelaide gets abducted. So now it's just the kids. Just kids. Yeah. The kids grab weapons. Yeah, and they Zora go grabs to, golf club. Yeah. And then uh, I think this, uh, he grabs a geode. Yeah, he yeah. grabs a big old geode. And, and this she like, looks at him like... My favorite scenes. When they enter, NWA is still playing. There's a lyric in the song. It's Dr. Dre. And the directing in this is fantastic. This is probably my favorite scene of the movie. It cuts to the bodies of the uh, of the Tyler family. It cuts to the bodies. Right when it cuts to it, it's Dr. Dre's lyric. And he says, MC Wren, will you please give your testimony to the jury about this fucked up incident? And, <laughs> and the lyric corresponds exactly with the scene of the mm-hmm. dead bodies. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome directing. I loved it. So the kids that's go awesome. upstairs and they're that's confronted awesome. by the, <laughs> they're confronted by the first twin to which uh, Zora makes quick work of yeah, with the golf club by swinging a putter and yep. knocking her off the balcony. Yep. She crashes through the, go- the coffee, uh, table. coffee table down yep. below. Uh, there's another twin who attacks them, who uh, Zora beats to death, beats her brains in. Yep. And then they go in to uh, save Adelaide from the mom's twin. And uh, the mom's twin is just putting on makeup and she's like cutting her own face and she's like laughing but crying. She's like, this is a really weird scene. Well, there's a part earlier in the movie where Kitty kind of insinuates that she had some sort of work done or plastic surgery on her face. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel so. like it's tying back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe to that. And then also like, also like she wanted to be an actress, but. So she was like really vain. Yeah. And so now this this version of Kitty is seeing herself for the first time, maybe in a yeah. reflection. Mm. I don't know. Or she, now she's her own person and she's not tethered to this bitch anymore. I don't know. Something really weird. But anyway, Adelaide's still alive watching all this happen. Uh, Zora comes in, goes to swing the golf club, but uh, Kitty's doppelganger stops her. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's uh, little Jason with his geode that knocks her on the head <laughs> and kills her, her. Yep. So uh, they free the mom. They go downstairs. Gabe comes back because he had killed uh, Josh's doppelganger. Yeah, and down by that, uh, when they're having that fight and he tries to shoot him with the flare gun and, and he misses. misses. Yeah, it was awesome. And yeah. I like that his boat, or, uh, his it's buddy's boat was called Biatch. 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 Apostrophe C-H. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Biatch. Biatch. Yeah, he's a fucking douche. <laughs> um, so they're all hanging out in this house with dead bodies everywhere and they're like, what the fuck's going on? Well, they turn on the news and they find out this is happening everywhere. Yep. So Adelaide's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We got to go to Mexico. And they're coming up from the sewers. Yeah. yeah. They're coming from the sewers, which and leads they, back to Chud. Yeah. And they, um, they're all joining hands, too, in, in a very strange uh, human chain. Yeah. They're, they're starting a human chain, but they're killing people everywhere. So they get in the car. There's also a last confrontation. And, like, and even Adelaide's like, hey, they've been planning they've been planning this for a while. Like this has been going on. Like they're smarter. They're a step ahead of us. And yeah. I love the part where they like, know what we're doing. Yeah, and the husband's kind of skeptical. He's like, hey, this is and she's like, this isn't like uh, Kevin McAllister putting micro machines around uh, <laughs> yeah. the house in Home Alone. I think one kid's like, what's Home Alone? The kid's like, what are micro machines? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some great lines. Yeah. Uh, and so then uh, they uh, they have one last confrontation with one of the twins. Yeah, but the, Adelaide, the coffee table one's not dead. Yeah, Adelaide kills her. Um, they get into the car. Zora's like, I'm going to drive. I have the most kills. I can say what's going on. She's like, no, you don't. You only have one kill. Oh, yeah, they start comparing their kills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then the dad's like, I got two, myself and Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, the girl ends up driving. She ends up uh, killing her twin, 
uh, yep. through a series of events that happens, but her twin basically breaks in half. Yeah, breaks in her a back, tree. Like, gets impaled uh, on a tree branch. Adelaide does have a moment where she goes up to that twin and kind of looks at her sympathetically. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but anyway, she gets back in the car. They start. Uh, Adelaide's now driving, and they drive back down to uh, the coast. Or they're driving down the coast, and uh, it's daylight's breaking, and they run into a burning car. Well, they don't run into it, but they come across a, a yeah. burning car. I think it's their car, right? Yeah, it's their car. And Jason's like, uh, it's my, it's Pluto. It's my twin. Yep. And all of a sudden, Pluto's standing in front of the car. So Adelaide gets out and confronts mm-hmm. and Pluto. And he's snapping his fingers. Yep. yep. And Adelaide confronts him. And then Jason realizes, he's like, it's a fucking trap. It's a trap. Everybody get out of the car. So they get out of the car and come to find out there is gasoline leading up to their car. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and Pluto's going to blow it up. So Jason decides he's going to back Pluto up into the burning car. Yeah, because Pluto the will copy everything he does. So Jason starts taking steps back one by one, and Pluto starts taking steps back, to which Adelaide screams, no, she doesn't want Pluto to die. Pluto burns alive. Um, he's now dead. But meanwhile, Red, yep. who's been hiding in the background, grabs Jason, grabs Jason and mm-hmm. runs. Yep. Adelaide takes chase, and the dad and Zora can't, yeah, they they're Run. recuperating in. They're the recuperating, right, and they right. go yeah. to an ambulance, yep. and, and Adelaide uh, returns to the funhouse. Returns to the funhouse. The old Vision Quest. Yeah. Yep, it's called Merlin's Woods or something yeah, like that. Yeah, now. the names changed. The names changed, yep. but they go, and she finds her way down through the series of doors. Yeah, there's like a little hole or like a it's a like rabbit very, hole, so yeah, to speak. It's very Alice in Wonderland. Uh-huh, and she goes through it. Yep, and there's a hole. She under follows the area. white rabbit. Yep. She goes through these underground things and through this escalator that leads down into this white room. It's very elaborate. Mm-hmm. That escalator shot is a really cool one, too. Like, the way it's shot, the angle, you can't quite tell if she's going down or up, which I think yeah. is also kind of symbolic yeah. of what we learn later. Yeah, so she goes she goes down, and uh, she comes across Adelaide, and Adelaide and her basically have a uh, confrontation. And, uh, or she runs into red, excuse me, Adelaide runs into red and red speaks a little bit more to Adelaide in this confrontation. And she says, uh, this is what I figure happened. Humans. Yeah. Created us. Mm -hmm. They, they learned how to make copies of people and they created copies of people. The government, right? Well, she doesn't ever say the government. No. She just says humans. Some synopsis. I think that's the the way it was alluded. I think it's alluded that it's the government. That's the vibe I got too. But I don't think it's ever come out and said it's the government. Yeah, to control people. But they want to control people on the upside, so they create all these clones down there. But what they fail to realize is that, yes, the clones can help control the people, but they share one soul. But then the project fails for whatever reason. Maybe it doesn't work right. Yeah. Maybe they're not controlling the people. Maybe it's the people up there who are controlling the people down below, vice versa. We never really find out exactly. Yeah. And I think that's part of the appeal of this movie is that you have to take away a lot of your own. But regardless, uh, we find out that uh, that that's what's been going on. Yeah. And uh, we see it in a series of flashes. Yeah. Like whatever happens above happens below. Mm-hmm. Um, when they eat, yes, they eat, but they eat, they the eat raw, rabbit. a raw rabbit yep. meat. Yeah, that yeah. is left over, and I'm assuming they did these tests on rabbits, and that's why there's so many rabbits because they clone them. Maybe, mm. yeah, that that's makes sense. my assumption. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Adelaide we, and her, yeah, yeah. I was say, we also find out that Red, when she was down there, like she became like kind of a dancer, 
And because up top, Adelaide, Adelaide was, was a dancer. dancer. Right. So the dance made her kind of emerge like other people that were down below sort of recognized her as their leader. Yeah. So she kind of took it upon herself like, hey, I'm going to lead the resistance and we're going to rise up and we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, she she organizes everybody. She said there's a lot of organization. She gets them all the red suits, the one glove, the scissors. Um, Yeah, yeah, basically organizing them to uh, escape and take revenge. And going back to the Goonies reference from the very beginning of the movie, she says, it's our time. It's our time up, up here, <laughs> up, like, which is up the there. opposite of yeah. Goonies. It's our time down, down there. here. She yeah. says it's our time up there. Yeah. And so, uh, but basically it's the hands across America thing. So yeah. she's organized this whole hands across America and she's going to uh, fucking kill all the people upstairs. Yeah. Yep. They start getting into this very choreographed, very ballet-like uh, tango. Like an orchestral. I got five on it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, and uh, they get into a fight, but Red is very much so winning this fight. Yeah. Yeah. She is uh, anticipating all of Adelaide's moves, and she um, and Adelaide's like enraged, like she's almost primal. Yeah. yeah, she's trying to save her kid. Yeah, yeah. And they fight, they fight, they fight. Red has a very defensive offense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, Red hides, or Red doesn't hide. She runs away, and Adelaide goes after her. Um, again, chasing her from one room to another. They finally get to this room, and Adelaide's looking for her. Adelaide's got a fire poker. Yep. She turns around just in time to stab Shook. Red yep. right through the stomach. Yeah. As Red is going down, she whistles Itsy Bitsy Spider. Adelaide takes her chains that she still has around her wrist, wraps them around Red's neck. Chokes her out real chokes good. Chokes her out, snaps her neck. Uh, Jason is in uh, and after a she chokes her out she kind of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. she laughs and kind of grunts and you tell like oh my god she's like she's in rage real, mode right it's a real primal moment here yeah. it was yeah Jason and was, there's something to it too Jason was in the locker she unlocks the locker yeah. and she's like my baby boy yeah I got you she takes you're, them you're okay they all go into the ambulance drive the ambulance away and we're like oh this Adelaide's is how, this driving is how the movie ends. Jason's sitting in the passenger seat and uh yeah that's how the movie ends except for we get a flashback and what we get now is adelaide as a child goes down to the funhouse yep she is confronted by her doppelganger but her doppelganger overpowers her yep drags her down to the downstairs changes clothes with her chains her up to her bed downstairs Mm -hmm. and takes her place in the upstairs yep. and that's why she couldn't speak. It wasn't because Adelaide was traumatized. It's because it, it wasn't, wasn't Adelaide. Her. Yep. And now Adelaide, the seven or eight year old Adelaide has to, uh, live, she, live her life, life downstairs. Red. Yep. Which is why she was more intelligent. Than the others, why, which is why she could speak, why she could dance, why she had rhythm. Uh, she was just, she was an original copy, not a clone. And um, the one upstairs, you know, dance not so well, peaked at 14. Yep. Didn't talk well with others. It wasn't on rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's why all that was happening. And we find out that they actually swapped places. Right. And yep. then Adelaide looks over at her son, who's kind of staring at her like, what the fuck? And she kind of smiles back at him. He pulls down his Chewbacca mask. Mm-hmm. 
and then the movie ends. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we see some uh, doppelganger hand, hands across America and going on. Yeah, and helicopters, helicopters, around. and fires, and yeah. just general yeah. mayhem, general chaos. End of movie. End of movie. All right, there's. I let's. I mean, come on, we're running. This is a long one. This is a long one. I can't believe there is a lot going on in this film. Don't you think? Yeah. Yes. From the title. <laughs> being us or us mm-hmm. to yeah. everything yeah to little things yeah. in there i mean it's almost it's almost too much to yeah. to unpack the but. theme was uh poverty wasn't it well <laughs> i think you can look at this movie several different ways yeah um i guess you want me to go first yeah sure. go, go for it all right so um this movie, I feel like you can look at it a couple of different ways. So uh, to me, on one hand, it is a story about the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. And, but, and what I like about this movie, and I'll try to get, not get too political, I think no matter what end of the political spectrum you fall, I think you can, you can skew this movie to kind of fit your narrative. On one hand, you have the people who are oppressed, who are sick of it, and rise up. Um, and then, uh, but if you want to view it from a different angle, you could also say, well, these people were disadvantaged, but they still took what was available to them and quote unquote, pick themselves up by them, by their bootstraps. Mm. <laughs> There's that. Um, but I, I think it's about the haves and the have nots and how we are so quick to judge people who we deem as below us, um, that are sometimes born or systematically, uh, in a system that keeps that is designed to keep them down. Yeah. And how long can you expect that to continue without these people making uh well, it's making, also, it's making also, that move up? Yeah, and it's also we're quick to condemn others. Yeah. When we look at ourselves and ourselves is the real problem. Correct. And so whether it be literally yep. our doppelganger is our problem mm. or it's figuratively. And I think Jason says it when you point at someone, there's always three fingers yep. pointing, pointing back, back at you. Uh, that's yep. good, yeah. And that's kind of what the movie is about. It's all, it also could be about, and I don't mean to interrupt here, no, but no. you could, that's, that's a, a thematic thing. There's also race. Oh, for sure. Um, and the race, not just with African-Americans, um, being an African-American filmmaker, Jordan Peele has that point of view, but it's also about like Mexico. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the border yeah, and it's about saying these people below us, mm-hmm. right? North, South, these people below us are lower than us. We're not yeah. going to let them have the same opportunities yeah. as yeah, yeah. us. Yeah. US, US, what are you? We're Americans. Well, we're all Americans, right? Yeah. yeah. North America, we're all Americans. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, if you I look add, at it by the true definition of yeah. the word, you know, we're United States citizens, but we're all Americans. Yeah, we're yeah. all part of North America. Yeah, yeah I, I want to add something to that. And Dave, I'm sorry, we'll get back to you real quick. But um, like you mentioned, Brett, we have an African American family, but what Jordan Peele does later in the movie is we discover that there's doppelgangers of the Tyler family. Yep. So I think it showed me that it's not just about it, like poverty affects everyone. It's not just, you know, one minority or the other, but it, it affects everyone. And I think he was smart yeah. in interjecting that. Well, yeah. I think, too, like you think about like with each person, there's always somebody out there who's just like us that was maybe born into an environment that 
wasn't uh, was different than ours. Was just different. Yeah. And so Whether it be per- better or worse. Yeah. And right? their perspective is going to be different. Yeah. And that's the other thing too is everything's about perspective. And we're so you know? quick to think that our perspective is the one that's correct. Yeah. Or yeah. our way is the right way. Now, as a swearwolf, my perspective is always correct. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as go, is mine. go back to the demons episode, <laughs> and you'll hear why. Oh, oh Brett. <laughs> oh, Alan. Look at Alan. Hey. Over scowling. We all know the brutal. truth, Brett. We all, all know right. the truth. So I know we're we're, <laughs> we're running long. This is a long yeah. one, but um, I I love this movie. That said, there are some things about the movie that I think are flawed that I don't quite understand. So where did they get all the red suits? Where yep. do they get the scissors and the gloves? Um, how did they stay down there so long without being known? I think there's a lot of questions, so you have to suspend your disbelief. Sure. All of that said, I think this is an excellent movie. I think it's a classic movie. I Here's the weird part. I'm going to rate this movie lower than Get Out. I like this movie better than Get Out. Interesting. Um, I'm probably more apt to watch this movie again. I just find it more fun. Uh, but, but I think it is a less perfect film. It's I, not as good. I, I understand what you're saying. It's... But, yeah, go ahead. But if I find it, I just find it more enjoyable. Like if I'm going to watch this movie, I think this movie has a higher replay value. I just think it's fun to watch there, it all unfold. I think there's more to it. Like there's there's just a lot of mayhem in this movie. You're like, holy shit! There's like, a lot. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot to unpack. And there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Of, the more like, you watch it, the more you can pick yeah. apart stuff. That's that said. As far as like it, what is a perfect film or what is a better film? So I give a five to get out. I think this movie is damn close. Um, I gave it four and a half. Four and a half. And I was okay. so close to going five, but I think there's just a, a few things that I can't quite ignore. That there's some questions that I, yeah. I can't quite resolve. So I'm gonna yeah. go four and a half. Sure. I I think Get Out is a little more straightforward and to the point. Uh, us, there's like you guys said, there's a little more to unpack. There's a little more to it, and I think it's gonna take a little more viewings, um, which I'm okay with. I would love to watch it again and and you know pick up on uh, things that I I may have missed in the beginning. The the performances were great. Uh, the story was great. You know, there were some things where, uh, you know, like you said, Dave, you know, where where did the gloves come from and the red suits and all that stuff, you know. But, uh, you know, like you said, and uh, Brett, you could learn to do this too, is to suspend your disbelief. <laughs> you guys are still fighting. <laughs> but despite that, I give it a four. I'd love to watch it again, um, and and I'm a big fan of symbolism because it brings me back to watching the movie, and I love to pick up on that stuff. It's very intelligent, and, and it's another uh, great effort by Jordan Peele, uh, mm-hmm. who is a very intelligent filmmaker and writer. Yeah, I can't I, wait to see what this guy does next because yeah. he's two for two sure. yeah. in my book. Um, I am giving this movie a four. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually l- really like this movie. I think there's a lot to it when you think about the filmmaking and what went into placing everything where it needs to be, the actual filmmaking process, the the set design. Yeah, almost everything feels deliberate. Everything feels like it was done on purpose. Yeah. It was very meticulous in that. He was very Tarantino-esque because when you watch Tarantino, he's got a lot of that in the background too where it's like, oh, that all happened for a reason. There's a lot of nods. Um, yeah. I think that it's actually a movie that I would watch again, but not for the reason of entertainment, just for the reason of, oh, I didn't notice that Picking before. up on all the little things. I think this mo- movie on repeated viewings, you actually, it's actually not as effective. As it was the first time. Although I will say the first time, I kind of guessed that it was 
that yeah. the, the so-called twist wasn't really a twist. And that's kind of how I felt about Get Out. And after after I, I saw this movie in the theater, yeah, I saw us too. in the theater, and my wife and I were leaving the theater, and I said, "Did you know that it was actually her twin the entire time?" And my wife goes, "Yeah, it wasn't much of a twist." And I go, "Yeah, I didn't think so either because I kind of figured that." Yeah, all and along. I figured out, but it was probably about half. It was a while into it before mm-hmm. I put it together, and uh, so. But knowing how it ends, it loses a little bit of its... Uh, it's a lot more obvious. Yeah. yeah. So when I watched Get Out, which I did again recently, I was like, wow, although I know how this movie ends, like I loved this movie on a yeah. repeated viewing. So I think Get Out is the better film. Yeah. I think Get Out has the stronger message. I think... Um, Get Out is just a fantastic film. I think this is lesser of a film, but that doesn't mean it's a bad film. It just means that Get Out is better. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's a close race. Did you guys so, pick up on the lot, on the uh, references? Eleven, uh, eleven. Yeah. So eleven has a lot to do with this because it's the parallel, right? It's yeah. like uh, eleven, eleven. There's eleven on this side, eleven on this side. One and one. One and one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, the the shot from overhead of the family walking through the beach in their shadows. Yeah. Uh, he was watching the baseball game. It was tied 11-11. Yeah, you had a guy wearing a black flag shirt. Black and there's flags. Signal, there's the four bars. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's, there's there's tons so of much. shit in this. Yeah. And you'd really have to watch this movie and like pause yeah. it and go, this is what's going on here. I yeah. think I may have texted you guys like right after I saw this in the theater. I remember like it was one of those movies and it's very rare. Like the second it was over, I was like, I immediately wish I could just watch this all over again. I want to yeah. watch it. Like, Keep the, it going. You the did. Goonies references. Yeah. yeah it's just the Lost so much. Boys. Like when yeah. it was over, I was like, wow. That yeah. was the, really the cool. The fast food they were eating was from a fast food place called Copper Pots. Yeah. Oh, really? Like yeah. Chester Copper Pots? Chester Copper yeah. He was a pro. You yeah. never made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, I recently took my son to see that in the theater. Oh, the Goonies? Yeah. Awesome. They were replaying it at Harkins. How old is he? 11? 11. What do you think? Uh, he's seen it before. Oh, he's seen it before? Yeah, so but good. he loved it. Love it. He yeah. loved it. And watching it in the theater is so much better of an experience. Yeah. I saw it a couple of years ago um, and uh, Corey Feldman was actually at the theater and came in and like introduced the movie. Yeah. Did you yeah. throw shit at him? No, he was, <laughs> it was weird though. He was dressed like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like it was, it was very Still? strange. Yeah. And as he soon as the movie, does that. as soon as the movie started, he quickly left with his bodyguards, right? He left pretty much right away. Yeah. yeah right away. And not with his bodyguards in a Pinto. In a Pinto. <laughs> uh, but here's my thing about that is like, listen, Corey. Like, I understand you're your own man. You can dress how you want to dress. But considering all the evidence and recent stuff that's come out about Michael Jackson, I think it's time to hang up the Michael Jackson outfits. <laughs> and put the fedora away. Does he still wear them? That's what he said. I don't know. Well, this was a few years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Put it cool. away. Put it away, Feld Dog. Well, yeah. get out. Us. Check them out. Yeah, highly what, recommended. What did, what did the average end up being? Was 4.167. Yeah. So, so we like both of these movies a lot. So we're... Uh, Saying, and this is how I open the movie, and I'll close the movie the same way, or open the episode. This is how I'll close the episode the same way, is that there's been a lot of masters, and they all started out strong. And I think Jordan Peele is on his way to becoming a modern-day master. Yeah. And uh, he started out strong, so it will, to your point, be exciting to see what he does. And I know he's big fans. He's remaking Candyman, or at least he's producing it. Producing yeah. it, so he has uh, something to play in that. So we'll see what happens. It would be nice to see his take if he could do something with Nightmare on Elm Street. That would be awesome because I know uh, I've heard that he's a huge fan of that. Uh, so maybe he could do something good with that. Please do. Uh, I know uh, audiences and fans are, are craving for more. Craving for more. Craving. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, and on that, that note, if you'd like to contact us, if you hate Jordan Peele. 
Well, don't contact us. You're but an if you want to tell us your thoughts on these movies or anything else or related, contact us. Uh, you can go to our website, theswearwolves.com, where you can leave a comment there. You can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, where we are the swearwolves. You can find us on Facebook, where the swearwolves there as well. We're on YouTube as the swearwolves. Or you can find us on Instagram, where we are swearwolves podcast. The swearwolves podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're at all those places. Yeah, so those for places. the swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. And why don't us. Get out. Uh, uh, us get out. Uh, Fuck off, guys. Yeah, that's my house. Get out. Fuck you. Get out. believe we let you please say the word i'm gone please (laughs) i'm fucking begging you (laughs) oh my fucking dude if you want to go you can go anytime see ya all right (laughs) welcome to the swear wolves horror podcast the podcast that discusses all things horror i'm brett i'm david i'm alan gentlemen what